Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Tuesday and you know what that means. It means that we're just over 24 hours away from the State of Origin decider. I've got the Chameleon on board with me and gee, there's a lot to talk about this week, mate. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in the world of rugby league, as there usually is, but this week just maybe a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Special Uh, week. Yeah, it is a special week. Um, you know, just as I said, just over twenty-four hours away from when we're recording this will be the state of origin decider in Brisbane. Uh, so that's probably the biggest talking point we've got tonight. We'll get to our state of origin three preview. Uh, plenty to talk about there. Um, we'll also have a look at what happened in the uh, world of rugby league last week on the field. We've got all of your favourites like Griffo's Grab and Graham's Gaff, and we'll even preview the upcoming round 18 with the two-minute tip. And um, we are just saying off-air there, uh, Griffo, that it's unbelievable to think that we're already at round 18. We're now really in that downhill slide into the finals. It's getting serious now. It certainly is. Um, you know, this is where you start to look at, you know, what the draw is, you, you focus uh, on the ladder. Um, I mean, you're always looking at the ladder but now it's really a focal point because um we start to get the mathematicians out to see if uh, all teams can still make it um i don't think we need the mathematicians to be honest uh, i think there's about five teams i think it was that uh, just not going to be there um so sorry mathematicians but you're out of a job yeah, especially if you're a mathematician in newcastle auckland canterbury the gold coast all parts of Western Sydney, depending on yeah. where your allegiance is there. Yeah, um, the, yeah but we'll get to that in a moment. That, that's pretty much... And that's where we've been saying for a few weeks that the line is, and we've been putting a line through teams. But we've got an even clearer picture now that uh, Round 17 is in the books. There were a lot of teams that got the bye last week, Griffo, so we see the ladder sort itself out a little bit. There was a bit of a false economy where some teams had had a bye and others hadn't. Um, so it's really starting to shuffle out. The first game we saw of the weekend was on Thursday night. Um, the Cronulla Sharks, they cemented their spot in the top four. Um, the cement's quite wet, so we never know. There is still a team that could come and write their name in the cement. That but is true. In saying that, look, they are in the top four. They got a 28-6 to six, uh, win over the, um, the Melbourne Storm. That one on Thursday night. Uh, we're starting. It was to your see... safe safe tip? The storm, wasn't it? I think they were. They were my safe tip. They're nothing safe in this. Uh, in this nothing is safe. Anymore. I'll tell you what. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the one they do on the cars? Is it the ANCAP safety rating? My safe tips have a one star rating. <laughs> <laughs> not not as safe as you would hope. But yeah, there was um there, there was a bit of news out of uh, that one. Um, probably most notably the storm now moving down to third spot on the ladder. We've got the Cowboys actually moving into uh, second position. So, I mean, credit there, I suppose, to the Sharks for keeping that top four spot. Uh, on Friday night, we saw the Rabbitohs 
uh, defeat the Knights. A lot of points scored in this one. Um, 40 points to 28. South Sydney got the victory uh, up at Newcastle. Parramatta Eels were able to defeat the West Tigers 28 points to 20. The Brisbane Broncos on Sunday afternoon rounded out the weekend, winning 32 points to 18. So really, when we look at that round of, um, of, of football, Griffo, as I said, it's all starting to um, shuffle out a bit. And I'd be interested to see probably what your highlight is, first of all. And we might as well get straight into it and ask what's, what you got this week for Griffo's Grab. Yeah, there were quite a few things that did catch my eye last week. But I stuck with uh, a guy in a losing team. Uh, and that was the St. George Illawarra centre, Moses Suley, who, um, you know, he looked like uh, he was out playing an under-12s game where he just shredded the uh, the Broncos' defence um, on a... Well, it was only probably a 20, 25-metre run, but um, just skittled him. Um, and at that stage, it was game on. Um but I was just I thought, wow, this this guy, he's damaging. Um, I know he's not the most consistent of uh, players, but he was a guy who got big money contracts very early as a teenager, and most, a lot of people couldn't quite understand why. Um, and he went uh, few through a, a few different clubs. He had some off-field issues. I think uh, might be in the passing of his father or something like that. Um, some family issues, but he's uh, he's found a, a home at the Dragons, and he's been I think he's been a lot more consistent this year. Couldn't crack it uh, for a regular berth in Manly's side um, last year. Uh, preferred centres there were were um, Parker and uh, the other guy that looks like Lionel Richie. Um, uh, what's his name? Harper. Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper. Yeah. Um, to be guy. fair, I, I, I think I'd have Suley before either of those guys. Yeah. Um, Park is a consistent. Uh, he's a good defender, but he's been out injured for a while. Um, but Moses Suley, uh, yeah, he caught my eye. Um, before him. Had he have not done what he'd done, I was going to go with Mitchell Moses. Uh, with some, I mean, he had a great game against the Tigers. He really, <clears throat> he sort of could have been charged with murder of of Tigers. You know, he would have had green beats <laughs> all the environmental groups onto him because he was just killing Tigers last week. Mitchell Moses, uh, he was really impressive, particularly a solo try where he went. To, uh, he went down the blind side and, and pushed off his uh, his good mate and former housemate um, Brooks on his way to the line. But I thought Moses was he was really good last week. So, but Suley just ahead of Mitch Moses. Yeah, and and and, and look, one of the highlights, I suppose, too, like you know, as you said, Suley. It's great to see him find some form at the Dragons, the team that's been a bit up and down. Uh, you mentioned um, Mitchell Moses there. <coughs> The Parramatta fans that uh, I've been talking to this week, they're starting to talk about um, the top four now. They're, they're in sixth place on uh, 22 points. They're two points off. Uh, now, obviously, for and against 
uh, is against them in a sense that, uh, you know, the teams around them all have better for and against. But I think that's where Parramatta now are looking at it. And like you said, Griffo, they've... We're starting to talk about the the run home. We're going to be saying that now. You're going to hear that a lot in the media. Once Origin's out of the way, it's all about the run home. So it's a really important part of the season for not only Mitchell Moses, but the um, the Eels as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for Parramatta that they make the, the top four. Well, it's just important for any team. But I just think if they can make the top four, they're really going to... Uh, give themselves a shot at the title um, for them to win from the bottom half of the eight, they can do it. But I just think knowing how inconsistent they can be, can they put that many wins together in a row? There's no doubt they can beat any side. Um, we've seen that they're the only team to beat Penrith this year. They also beat the storm when the storm went going well. So they're, they're a major threat. I, I, in terms of quality of uh, roster and talent, I, th- I think they're a top four side, mm. but it's, it's, <clears throat> I'm not confident that they're going to get there um, just because of the inconsistency, being able to put win after win after win. Uh, if they can do that, they're, they're keep, they can win the comp. Yeah, and you said that before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have. And even though they copped some terrible beatings of lower-ranked teams, that didn't change my opinion that that they are a genuine threat to win this comp. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's other teams that, like the Cowboys, who who are really consistent and, and playing just as well as Para, um, the Storm at the moment are not going well. But that's because, and as we talked about last week, they just don't have the depth of talent to cover mm. for when the you know they miss a superstar. Um, whereas last year. You know, if, if Monster was out or if Papinhausen was out, they're bringing in Nico Hines. Um, they, they've got a lot of injuries, like guys like Remus Smith, Jennings, um, Xavier Coates. There's their three-quarter line uh, sitting on the sideline. The only one they've got there is Oldham, uh, who would be a regular. Uh, without Monster... They're well, like any team, they're not going to be as good. Um, one of those other guys who've been a very consistent player for them for a few years who has not played NRL this year is Tom Eisenhuth. Now, mm. he's a favorite of Carpool Rugby League. Yeah, um, he was named in the 17 two or three weeks ago, didn't play, and um, wasn't named last week. So I don't know if it's an ongoing injury. I don't know what the story is there. But he's one of the guys, you know, talked about the foot soldiers last week who get the job done. He's that sort of player. And I know, you know, he's been out much of the year with with injury. I'm not sure if he's still injured, but um, they're the sort of guys, Remus Smith, um, who would normally 
be in the 17 and you can rely on to get a job done. Uh, and the guys they've got there at the moment are just not as good. And that's why they're, they're getting beat and, and getting beat quite soundly. Um, until they can get close to their, their top 17, uh, they ain't going to win the comp. Top 17, they're, they're a big show. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's really the the story a lot of the times with these uh, NRL premierships. It's the teams with the depth that have the, um, I suppose the the ability to go deep into this competition. Uh, one team who would have been happy with their well, there's a couple of teams actually on the weekend that were would have been happy with their depth given they had a lot of players out. Um, I was actually going to talk about the Broncos, but we could probably lump South into that as well. Both oh definitely um, yeah both have uh, a lot of personnel out. Um, this, I mean, origin obviously impacts, but injuries as well. Um, I heard have one uh, report from the other day that game against the Dragons. They called them the baby Broncos. I'm not quite sure if I'd uh, I'd go that far to compare them to those days where the whole team was no. absolutely decimated. But um, first of all, we'll talk about Brisbane. They'd be happy to get the win on Sunday afternoon, given that it's origin week. And um, look, they'll really fancy themselves as a top four contender as well. The... Um, they're two points out of the eight, uh, out of the four, I should say, in fifth position, um, ahead of the Eels on four and against who we just talked about. Yeah, they've been so impressive this year. Um, after a not not real good start um, early on, they might have won their first game, but then they had a bad run. Um, they haven't lost too many games in, in the last few months. Uh, and they've beaten some good sides. It's not just they they're beating the rubbish. Um, they're beating good teams. I didn't think they had a right to win last week with with the number of players they had out and up against the Dragon side that was essentially missing um, Ben oh, Hunt. Yeah, out and out their best player, granted, but um, they weren't they weren't in anywhere near the loss of, of players of what the Broncos had. Um, I thought the first half was an outstanding uh, effort from both teams, actually. I thought, I thought the Dragons felt they were on top, but they, they lost Tarek Sims twice. Mm. Um, and the Broncos, in, in uh, I think both passages, scored, um, scored a try. I've got a feeling the Dragons in the second time they were down by 10, they might have actually scored down to 12 might score themselves but um yeah i just felt the dragons were going better even though the scoreboard didn't really reflect it but in the second half it was all broncos hmm. um the i thought first 20 minutes knew, of the second half they just blew them off yeah the park. There's, yeah there's nothing nothing for the dragons there um i ended up i didn't watch it right to the end and it was it's all over um, but I was, I certainly enjoyed the first half. Um, Tessie knew uh, could have had his best game ever in the NRL. Mum's going well. Um, the Dragons had a, had a plan just to hammer Reynolds. Uh, and well, they, they were hammering Reynolds that cost them a little bit, um, and then they dropped off that plan once they, you know, thought, well, we can't go down to 12 men again. Um, 
credit to the Broncos. That was a great win. One that I didn't expect was going to be the case. I'm not the greatest of tipsters, obviously. <laughs> uh, I got the other three games, but I didn't get that one. Um, so well done to to, uh, to Kevin Walters, the Kevolution, uh, as it's been termed <laughs> by Ryan H. I can't claim <laughs> I heard it last year from Ryan HG, the Kevolution. Uh, it's well and truly underway now. And, um, you know, they had a number of lean years, the Broncos, but it, uh, they look like, you know, they're back ready to, to claim uh, of being one of the, the NRL powerhouses, not just off the field, but now also on the field. And uh, with the sign-in of Reese Walsh, Gee, they uh, they look like they're on mm. a good trajectory at the moment. That club, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talent there, and a lot of talent coming in with Walsh as well. Um, you know, good signs ahead. It seems as though uh, the future is bright for um, for the Broncos. So they better get themselves some shades. I, I just pay a tribute to as you mentioned the Rabbitohs. Um, mm. You know, I expected they'd win that game, but gee, I thought you know again they, they did well. Um, because Newcastle were, were on top. Um, to some degree, Newcastle really aided and abetted uh, the Rabbitohs with some some horrible mistakes. Um, the poor old fullback for the Knights, he had, a, he had an ordinary game. Um, Cody Hoy. Walker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Tex Hoy will... Um, I think he's off to the Super League next year, possibly. Um, not because he had a bad game last week, but I think it was already <laughs> Tex, deal. But Tex Ahoy. Yeah, <laughs> They're shipping yeah. him off. <laughs> um, Cody Walker, uh, obviously he's back to form. Latrell was very, very good. But Cody would have enjoyed uh, being the recipient of, a, of an intercept rather than yes, uh, was, provider last I week. Was, I said the same thing as I was watching it. I said, yeah. at least he was on the uh, positive end of an intercept yeah, for I'm once. sure he'd love one of those in a grand final. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, the, there's no coincidence that the, um, that the comeback of, of Luttrell has aided Cody Walker. Um, yeah, massively. And, uh, he's getting back. And, and, and in terms of timing, this is great for the Rabbitohs because the other couple of weeks ago, I think it was um, when it was mentioned, uh, the Rabbitohs are in the top eight. And I, I said, well, I don't know how. And mm. <laughs> that Shano, he had a you know he had a massive rant, um, <laughs> and since that time, it's it's all it's all good for the Rabbitohs. So. Mm. Um, but they look like, you know, while they were their position in the eight was was shaky, um, they look like they're pretty solid at the moment. And um, you'd have to think, you know, I, I I'd be I don't I don't know about their draw. I, I've heard they've got a decent draw, but um, uh, top four, yes, possibility mathematically, but I. I Realistically, I, I think there's they're going to struggle to get into the top four from where they are. Um, <clears throat> but in saying that, if they can get their best team on the park or close enough to it, they've got the measure of any other side mm. um, pretty much, definitely from five to eight. And uh, you'd think they could test... Uh, some of the teams in the top four as well. So 
they're a danger. Eels are a danger. I don't see Manly as a danger to the top four. Um, Broncos, yes. I, again, I see them as a, somewhat of a danger. So um, while Penrith look as though they're going to be the minor premiers um, and look and they're, they're heavy favourites to win the comp, anything can happen. There's two crucial games that teams have to play. One of them is a prelim. You could be undefeated all year, get to the prelim, and you're out. Um, that that prelim final is such a big game for those four teams involved in the two of them. And then obviously the grand final. It's not like a, you know, like the um, World Series baseball or something like that, where they have a lot of games. Yeah. And, and, and you would say if, if the NRL was like that and it was a series, it'd be hard to think Penrith would lose. But in a one-off game, anything can happen. Uh, and that's what we have, a one-off game. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think this competition's definitely open. Definitely. definitely and open. and we, we, as I said, we're starting to talk about some of those runs home. Um you, you mentioned South Sydney there. Um, I think South Sydney fans will... It's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I, as a South Sydney fan, I'm one of those who will say, I think it's a tough draw. Um, I think if South Sydney were to get anywhere near the top four, they'll definitely have earned it, given the fact that this is the last eight games. Now, they play the Bulldogs next week, but after that, they've got the Storm, Sharks, Warriors, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, and finish with the Roosters. Okay, so it's a tough finish. Tough so finish. they play the current top four plus the team coming sixth okay. and the Roosters. So a bit of a tough run in there. And the Eels too, in um, in fairness to the Eels, if they're going to run for this top four spot, um, they've also still got, just glancing through when you look at the top teams, they've still got to play the Broncos, the Panthers. I said they'll play the Rabbitohs. They play the Broncos again before finishing with the Storm. Two games against the Broncos. Wow. Still got two games against the Broncos. They've still got the Panthers, the Storm are in there as well. So, um, look, Silver line in there though, Graham. And, and a tough draw for both those teams. But yes, but also your destiny is really in your own hands. True. That's um, very true. Because if you could knock those sides off, not only do you get two points, those other teams are not getting any points for that That's, round. That so, is very true. Um, we talk about that a lot, especially around the edge of the eight where teams are trying to get in the eight. Yeah, um, so-called four-point ball a, games. Yeah, they're, they're four-point turnarounds. And I'll, yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you what, too. Um, the other thing just, you know, going through the runs home, I was actually interested earlier today to have a look at the Panthers because they didn't play last week, so we're not going to talk as much about them, but they are the, the team to beat. Uh, there's still some big matchups for the Panthers against um, top eight sides. I mean, they've still got games against the Sharks, the Eels, the Storm, the Rabbitohs. And I'll tell you what's shaping as an absolute blockbuster, and we never would have picked it at the start of the season. We've alluded to this uh, earlier on in the season, but we'll remind our listeners again that round 25, so the final round of the competition... As it stands now, we'll be first versus second, the Cowboys hosting the Panthers. So the Panthers probably have the toughest game that they could possibly have 
playing away to the second place Cowboys going into the finals. That would be an yeah. absolute blockbuster, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. Um, interesting to see what they do. Um, I, I don't think they'll win all of their games. I think they'll they might drop well, you know, might drop a couple even. Um, but interesting, you know, if they say, for example, we're in a position where they've got the minor premiership wrapped up Which going into that will? last game. Well, uh, the six yeah, points, I mean, it looks that six way. But clear. Yeah, yeah. They're hot favourites. Yeah. They'd be hot favourites, but it's not over the line. But say they were over the line. Um, do you... Um, do you then rest players for a game like that? And I would say yes, um, knowing that, uh, you know, if you've got the minor premiership wrapped up or certainly you've got a top two uh, spot wrapped up, uh, we've seen the Storm do it, you know, a number of times over the years, mm. just giving those guys a rest <clears throat> in the last game. Um, big, you know, Panther contingent, uh, in the representative games this year. So I think they'd be looking to maybe rest players in that game. And I dare say, depending on where the Cowboys are sitting, they might want to rest players as well. So mm. uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see and, what happens. And the interesting thing too is um, I've been keeping an eye on, um, and the fans will probably be all over this, the casualty ward section on the NRL website, which tells you who's out for the teams and when they come back. And it's actually funny. It's got all the teams there. So often I'll hit the button to filter it out into certain clubs. You hit the Panthers and it says, there are no players that match the filters selected. Please try again. Basically, mm. that, that, that's saying the Panthers, not only are they out in front doing well, um, they've also had a good run this year with, with injuries and keeping everyone on the park, which is so key. But it's there's eight weeks to go before the finals. Um we, we know that this time of year, especially with a lot of Ks under the belt, most of the Panthers are involved in a very big game uh, tomorrow night. That could all change. So it's a, it, there's a lot of things that could change, you know. That you could have players go down and, you know, star halfback with a shoulder injury yeah. this time last year we were looking at. So uh, don't just assume it's always going to be smooth sailing for these top teams. There's still plenty of football to, uh, to play and plenty of things to keep our eye on. The other thing, Graham, that aside that I really think will probably still make the eight is, is ranked number 10 at the moment, Sydney Roosters. Yeah. So they, you know, I, I don't think the Dragons are going to make it. I don't know what sort of draw they've got, but on what we saw last week when they couldn't beat, you know, pretty much a second string Bronco side, hmm. um, that sort of told me, well, you know, sorry, Dragons. I mean, you, you look, they've still done well. I didn't expect they'd be this high on the ladder, but I don't think we're going to see them above the green line come no. uh, semi-final time. But still a good year, nonetheless, for that team. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the podcast, but they do actually go to Gosford this week and play the Roosters. So this is one of those four-point swing games where the oh, Roosters absolutely. Can, can really jump in. And then uh, the week after, the Dragons play Manly. So I really, this is a big fortnight for the Dragons. Their fate is in their hand because they're currently in ninth. They play the team coming 10th this week, uh, the team coming 8th the following week. 
Um, you know, they it's, it's, it's really up to them whether they go into that round 20 game against the Cowboys, sitting in 8th spot or 10th spot. So, a uh, lot to play for for them. They do have a few... There's a bit of a mixed bag. Half their games are against, you know, teams that you, you'd expect them to, you know, to have a good chance of beating. They've still got to play the Titans, the Tigers, um, and the Raiders in there. But um, I, I have a feeling that the the Dragons, now that things are starting to get serious, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with those teams uh, that are in the shuffle there with them, particularly the Roosters. And um, we'll have a good chat about that one later on in the podcast. It's exciting, really. <clears throat> it's a big, it really is exciting. It's a massive, massive week uh, for a lot of clubs. Massive fortnight for the for the Dragons. Um, look, that's that's a lot of the highlights from last round. And as always, um, we usually follow up the highlights with the lowlights. So uh, it's time for Graham's Gap. <laughs> So this week for Graham's Gaff, I think there is one clear contender. Uh, a lot of people are probably going to guess who's getting that. And um, it was early on last week too. It was in the game on Thursday night. Uh, and we saw a little bit more at the time. I thought, geez, I, I didn't quite understand what that was for. And Craig Bellamy looked as shocked as all of us that uh, Mr. Smith was heading for the sin bin. But uh, on replay, it was very clear uh, that Brandon Smith was simbined for um, calling the referee a cheating bastard, I think were the exact words. Uh, this is an interesting one, Griffo. Um, he saved Tarek Sims. I had Tarek Sims as a notable n- mention for getting simbined twice. Um, a, little bit of, a little bit of trivia. I think it, 2018 was the last time someone was simbined twice in the game. Uh, prior that to been that, Cade Ellis? No, it was... Um, Hipgrave for the Titans. Oh, okay. Uh, and the only one I could... I'd have to look up Ellis because I didn't find that one. I did a bit of research to see if I could find Simmons twice in the game. Earlier than that, the I had to go back to 2002, which I think was Michael Butner. But um, it doesn't happen often, so Tarek Sims, noble mention. But I think the real talking point uh, out of the gas segment this week is going to be Brandon Smith. And as we go to air... Uh, Griffo, he's been referred directly to uh, the judiciary, um, pleading guilty for contrary conduct. So we really don't know what sort of um, punishment might uh, incur here, but this is massive news for, for the Storm and Storm fans. Well, it is, particularly given the injury crisis that the club's going through. Um yeah, they just can't afford to be losing a guy who doesn't play Origin. Um, and that's the benefit of having a lot of Kiwis in, in your side. Good good quality Kiwis I'm talking about. Um, is that you don't lose him to Origin. Uh, mm. No, they're losing him to the Roosters next year. But uh, they're probably going to, you know... Uh, I'm interested to... I would think maybe four weeks. I'm not sure. It's pure speculation. I don't know if there's any precedence. Yeah. uh, They can't afford to lose him. That's because he's a quality player. Yeah. I can't. And they're struggling. I I was trying to think of another time in recent memory where they've had something similar to this. Um, 
I don't know if you can think of anything, but I really can't think of an obvious one where we go, oh, last year so-and-so got, got three and this is similar, yeah. so it's true. I don't know. I don't know if this is one of those ones where they make an example out of him and throw the book at him. I don't know if they... Usually when you're referred straight to the judiciary, it's never good, obviously, because it doesn't fit into one of their categories, but um, it's a real watch this space, isn't it? Because... Until we know what the um, the extent of the punishment is, it's very hard to comment on the impact that this is going to have. I suppose the other talking point out of this, though, is, um, I mean, I myself, I've got no problems with this. I think if, you know, you can question the referee in a sense and say, oh, what was that for? Oh, geez, I don't know if I agree, you know, approach it in the right way. But um, especially when you use the word cheat, uh, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's pretty ordinary. And I think that's one that... Um, yeah, ninety nine percent of the players uh, realizes a no no, and I think uh, Smith, as soon as he said it, he probably you know when he when he saw that he was being marched, you can see there was no argument. He realized he'd made a boo boo. Yeah, um, and if he hadn't realized, then I'm sure there were plenty of shark supporters ready to tell him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's something about the name Smith playing hooker for the Storm. <laughs> At Shark Park, that don't go well. Nah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, so yeah, watch this space with that one. As I mentioned, Tarek Sims, um, Sims been twice in one game. We don't see that very often. I think he was um, lucky to stay on for the second one. The first one. Yeah, okay, Simbin maybe. Yeah. Second one, when you see it, you think she could be in a bit of trouble here. And that was he the might contact. Have slight, might have got slightly short, yeah. And that um, one, I think, I think he got one match for. He took the early guilty that all? plea. Yeah, it was a grade two careless high tackle. Uh, the dangerous contact charge. Um, so obviously charged twice in the game. Once for a dangerous contact, which was a thousand dollar fine. The grade two careless high tackle, one match with an early guilty plea. So, um, considering. Two Simbins. Yeah, I reckon he'll be. He's pretty lucky considering he'll be. Um, he'll be back on the park in a fortnight's time. Um, other players in regards to judiciary news. Uh, the next one down on the list, as I read it here, David Clemmer. That was another interesting one too. He got a a thousand dollar fine for a grade one dangerous contact charge. This is another thing you don't see very often either, Griffo. A player sent off with no time left on the clock. Um, mm. I was interested to get your thoughts on this one because even, I mean, you know, I'm even watching it and I think, you know, that there's no time left on the clock. I know you're making a point by sending him off and if it happened other time in the game, I mean, I don't even think it was a send-off, but that's another conversation that we'll have no, at the moment. I didn't think it was a send-off. I mean, if he had gone for 10, <laughs> yeah. he was off for the same amount of time. Like I actually... There was literally seconds yeah. left on the clock. And I actually think tokenistically, if they had said to Clemmer, you're going for 10 for the arm coming down and Latrell, you've rushed in yeah. and possibly exacerbated this, or you have exacerbated it, you go for 10. To, the tokenistic yeah. 10 each, call full time, we're done, everyone yeah. go home. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny too. I also thought it was interesting as well, the refereeing... Um, using specific language. And I don't know if it's one of those things that they look at closely and whether they, um, I don't know if it's a big deal, but 
you know, when he said, oh, you're sent off, and they said, oh, what's that for? They said it was reckless, you're sent off. Um, you know, we know that it wasn't, you know, charged as reckless contact. We know that there's a careless, reckless, and all That's this. That's true, judiciary. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm super keen. I mean, in the heat of the, the moment, in the spur of the moment sort of thing, referee using that terminology, some people might say, oh, he's, he's, he's making decisions there on the fly, and that... I don't even know if that was one of those ones either too, uh, Griffo, that the um, bunker looked at and, and tipped him off. I feel as though he saw it, he wasn't happy, and he sent sent him. So I don't even think it was worthy of a send-off. Like, the nah. connection wasn't there. The intent, nah. yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I thought there were some other incidents, particularly, you know, with Luttrell, but he was lucky... He didn't get binned. Um, in, in in other games, we've seen guys who've run in um, like Latrell did and, and get 10 in the bin for, for doing that. Um, again, it wouldn't have made any difference because it was just a couple of seconds to go. Um, yeah. It, uh, and I think to put it in the context as well, and we're, you know, especially the other night with Latrell being captain, to put it in the context of the uh, the game, this incident occurred a tackle or two after David Clemmer had uh, Keon Kalamatangi by the uh, scruff of the neck and was was uh, I think he was he was he was daring him to throw the first punch so that it could uh, well I think so we could have an old them, fashioned stink. Both of them were ready to go. <laughs> it just goes to show that rugby league players are not as dumb as what some people think they are because they were yeah. that. Dumb, they they would have went, you know. Uh, thought, okay, well, I'll get the first one in. Um, but you know, they've both got the common sense to not do that. Um, so they know the consequences. They're not dumb. Um, and Clemmer, the eyes were rolling. It was all happening for him. Uh, he was fired up. Um, and then you know, we saw what happened in the. Did- he got sent off but again. I don't Do you think, think he deserved to get sent no, off? No, and this is what I'm thinking about too with the referees and what I worry about sometimes. And it, it's it's where they're not necessarily taking the um the incident itself in isolation. And I don't know whether some people will say well you shouldn't, but I, I think you know. Basically, he got sent off for coming down with the and look, you know, there, there had to be some sort of penalty there. Ten in the bins, probably in line with what we've seen previously, because he did come down on the face of the player with his forearm. But I have a feeling that um, the referee had just watched him face off against one of the other players, and I think um, I think that actually impacted the referee's decision. I think the fact I'd that say he's, probably did, Grant, and I I think that's another thing where. You know, it's a, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. It's just another talking point and I suppose it may become, may become nothing, but it's an interesting one there because I don't know if it's one of those things where it's built up, you know, it's, it's, it, it's interesting because in one game you see, and this is where we're talking about the consistency and I don't want to turn this into a discussion about the referees and consistency, but you know, we saw David Clemmer get sent off there and, you know, we're saying, oh, maybe they took into account the incident that happened slightly earlier. Then you got Tarek Sims being sinbin twice. Yeah. Um, you know, I even had uh, someone suggest to me this week, you know, with the, the second sinbin. It's, it's a very rare occurrence. As I said, this is the third time in 20 years it's happened. But I even had someone suggest to me, you know, in, in, in a game like soccer, 
you you know you can't get two yellow cards you get a no. red you know i don't yeah. know if they cool. yeah. I, I don't know if it's one of those situations where you've done the crime you do the time is it a clean slate after that first 10 minutes don't know but you know it doesn't happen that often so it's probably not much of a talking point but it, it's an interesting one coming out of the weekend um the only other charges from the weekend are Nakora <laughs> for a dangerous throw uh, this was a grade two dangerous throw. He took the early guilty plea. One match on that one. And um, for feeder, grade one dangerous throw, $1,000 fine. So um, the only, yeah, two players suspended out of the weekend. Um, but yeah, obviously that's going to be three with uh, Brandon Smith. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see where that one goes. Very interesting to see where we head with that. All right, probably the main thing we need to talk about tonight, Griffo, is the uh, the state of origin. The big game is going to be happening tomorrow night. As I said, it's Tuesday today as we record this. So uh, we're Tuesday afternoon, just before 4 o'clock. We've got uh, just over a day to go. This time tomorrow, we're going to be pretty excited and getting geared up to, to watch some footy on the TV. We will be watching it on TV as it is at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. If you're lucky enough to be in Brisbane, uh, it should be an absolute belter. Uh, but the big news out of this one, um, we briefly touched on the teams last week and said we'd get in depth with the preview. Little did we know that the teams were going to be absolutely rocked, especially the Queensland team. Um, basically, long story short, Munster, Tulagi, they both have COVID-19 and they will not play tomorrow night. Now, there were rapid antigen tests that came back positive on Friday. Uh, this has since been confirmed on Saturday morning with PCR tests. Uh, and what we are being told is that Corey Oates and Tom Dearden will come into the 17. Uh, the final lineup is still to be confirmed from what I'm hearing. Um... But this is the big news. No concerns about Caelan Ponga from what we're hearing. He should be fine. Um, Nanai will make his... Um, uh, he will start Origin instead of Kafusi, who is still on personal leave. Tom Gilbert uh, coming in for his debut. That's the big team news in uh, Queensland, Griffo. Um, this is massive. This is absolutely massive. Um I know for us that are that are south of the uh, of the Tweed, we're we're very happy about this. But um, look, this is this has got this has rocked a whole state of Queensland, and I know people in Queensland who have uh, informed me that this is massive news up there. And a lot of Queenslanders have basically said, you know, this this, this could be enough to swing the series. You're talking about Jordan McLean being out. <laughs> Oh, come on, sorry, Fede, he's not that bad. <laughs> and look, that's the other news we'll get to in a moment. And, you know, I feel for feel for Jordan McLean because he did pick up yeah. a hamstring injury, um, was ready to make his debut. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, um, yeah, all jokes aside, um, especially Cameron Munster being out, that's, that's, that's huge Oh, that one. News. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Munster, not, not Eddie or Herman, Cameron. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... At face value, you think, well, many would think it's game over. Um, to be to be honest, that's Queensland's best chance. Um, the fact that 
as we've seen throughout history, really, um, New South Wales on paper have looked unbeatable, yet in many of those unbeatable games, they've gone down. And I think there's two series that come to mind, not just individual games, but the state of origin when uh, I think it could have been 1996 uh, when the Super League war was at its mm. height and um, all the Super League signed players were not available to play for Queensland origin. Um, and they really had almost a third string side, to, to be honest. New South Wales, yes, they lost players as well, but a lot of the Sydney-based clubs where much of the Blues talent lie, um, they were aligned with the ARL. And so you had the likes of Johns, Fittler, although his club uh, went Super League, Fittler was uh, signed with the ARL, so he was available uh, Manly was, you know, pretty much the top side going around. Um, the Knights were on the rise at that time, and then they were both uh, aligned with the ARL. So on paper, New South Wales looked as though it was going to be 3 0. Um, and then the opposite happened. Fatty Vorton coached the Queenslanders. They, mm. uh, I don't know how they did it, to be honest, but um, they did it. And, you know, there's all this. Queensland get origin and you know this stuff that I just makes me want to vomit. But um, <laughs> but there've been occasions where yeah, it's actually it's it's been borne out on the field, and we've only got to go back a couple of years um, when again it looked as though the Blues were going to win the series. I think they'd won a couple in a row already. Um, and so I'm talking about well, after the COVID when they, they played the series post uh, grand final um, Queensland again came out and won that series against the odds um, so Don't there's a history oh no off. you never do there's no. just something and that's the thing them when they pull on that maroon there's yeah. And, and and you know these guys coming in, they're going to be keen. They're passionate. I give them that. And I, and I know often we 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 get we get a bit upset because we know that a lot of Queenslanders try to make out like they're more passionate than the New South Welshmen. However, that maroon jumping means a lot to these players. And yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, Oates, and especially Dearden. What an opportunity for Tom Dearden. Yeah, exactly. This was a guy you know, touted as the next big thing. And then he got into first grade with the Broncos. Couldn't play in a win inside. He goes to the Cowboys and he still couldn't play in a win inside. It's not too bad now. <laughs> no, no. But like yeah. there was this huge string of matches that he'd never played in a winning team. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's turned around now. But congratulations to Dearden. Like, um, it looked as though, you know, all the hype was just, it was overhyped. And um, obviously the guy's confidence suffered as well. Broncos moved him on. And um, 
and you know, he didn't really start great at the Cowboys last year when he went up there. Um, but we're seeing the best of him now. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's a success story. Uh, he's in form. The guys that they've got there are informed players. Uh, so Monster being out, I hope it doesn't um, just be that slight difference where the Blues just sort of think we've got this, you know. Um, that'll, that'll galvanize the, the Maroons. Exactly. And then yeah. we've seen that, you know. Uh, we've seen that over the years. And that's that's why I'm reluctant to, to go off too early and, and rejoice about Monster being out. I mean, would I rather Monster was there? No. He's the best player they've got. But the others will rise. That's historically what happens. Um, I hope it, it, it actually plays out the exact opposite, that, that they struggle without him. Uh, he's their best attacking player, without doubt. Um, and while, you know, again, congrats to Dearden. He's been good this year. He ain't no Cameron Monster as far as attacking prowess goes. Um, Monster, whether he's got a purple jersey or a maroon one on, he's always the danger man mm. when you line up against him. Um, you just find wasn't... that games he's in, he's always the best player on the field. How often do we watch him, whether it's Origin or the Storm? Yeah. He's the best player on big the big games, especially. Yeah, yeah he's big he game was, player. He of the match in game one. Yep. Um, certainly, you know, game two, different matter, but. He was he was a threat early on in the game, um, as was Kalen Ponga. To his credit, Ponga was um, he was the attacking threat along with Monster last game. Ponga's had a lot of injuries, a lot of KOs, um, so they're, they're saying he's one hundred percent. I think again he'll be targeted. Um, I think they're really going to try and uh, physically just hammer Ponga whenever he's on. The, well, I hope they do anyway. Um, you don't want to let him run. But I think the focal point of Queensland's attack now is very much going to be Kalen Ponga. Um, yeah. So theoretically, without Munster, you really do think it's going to be a struggle for Queensland to to score a lot of points. Um yeah, I, I, I don't want to go off too early. That's the thing. Like, I'm sure Brad Fittler will be doing his utmost to not let any shred of complacency come into the side. But um, I just really, I will vomit tomorrow night if Queensland <laughs> win and we have to hear all this bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> And my apologies to our Queensland listeners, um, but if we've gotten they any love letters, it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they would have. Surely yeah, they would have I given think, up on I us think Queensland, in a, in a roundabout way, are almost more dangerous now than when Monster was part of the team. It's it's um, a bit of an unknown too, I think, Griffo, because it'll change the way they play. You can't really look at the um, the first couple of games and say, especially that first game where New South Wales were favourites, it was in Sydney, Munster blew them away. 
I think that that plan's got to change. Something's got to change because it's a different dynamic. When your your main strike weapon is out, obviously you will um, change the way you approach the game. How how much of an impact do you think this has on the game of Daily Terry Evans and his role in this team? Because he's been good for them as well, but I think that he's been allowed to play a certain game because of the strike of Munster, which has allowed him to you know, organise his kicking game. Well, the, focus, the focus is on Munster. You know, number one on Munster, number two on Ponga, and Cherry Evans uh, might have been even number four after mm-hmm. Harry Grant. So there's more responsibility on 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 his uh, on his neck. Um, I was going to say on his shoulders, but he's, he's probably better known for the neck. Uh, ECE. <laughs> um, Probably holds, uh, probably holds more. If Queensland gets gets pumped, there'll be some some people north of the border that will want to neck him and not have him back there in the future. It's, it's actually, I'm not joking there in terms of it is a big game for him. If they were to lose heavily, um, you'd have to think that there's going to be pressure on him to keep his spot next year with the likes of Dearden, um, coming through, Monster will be back. Um, you've got Ben Hunt there, who essentially is a number seven. Yeah. Um, so Sam Walker in the squad as well. So Sam Walker, of course. Sam Walker, Reese Walsh, uh, although he's seen more as a fullback. But um, you've also got the young man who hasn't played Origin this year. AJ Brimson, who I think is an outstanding player, who is, you know, um, not going to play number seven, obviously, but could come in for a 14 role perhaps next year. So if, if, if Queensland were to lose narrowly, I, I think that that's a good result for them. Um, Overall, like they're not going to think that because the no. series is on the line. <laughs> but if you, if you line the two teams up, New South Wales do look stronger, certainly have more attacking potential. Um, yeah, the other guy who's not there. Who, you know, who I'm not a huge fan of in general, but I think he's a very good player, is, is Felice Cafusi. Mm. Um, so he's he's always been good at origin level for Queensland. He's a danger in attack and he's uh, a strong defender uh, with, you know, more than just a pinch of grub in him. Um, so his omission uh, due to the illness of his dad over in America that hasn't been talked about a lot. He's a big loss to them. Um, good luck to to Gilbert. He comes in. He, he's been a very solid player for the Cowboys this year, and he's off to the Dolphins. I think Flegler's a little unlucky not to make the, the 17. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's just my thought. Um, Gilbert deserves his spot. But, yeah, he's, he's sort of... He'd not been in the extended squad earlier, yet he jumped straight, straight in there. But yeah. his ability, I guess, they're looking at him as he can play back row or in the middle. So <clears throat> uh, maybe a little bit more versatile 
than Flegler, but I, I think Flegler will consider himself a little bit unlucky. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's Queensland. Um, for us, uh, John McLean's a big story, really, isn't it? He was. Uh, look, I, yeah, I, I didn't mean, you know, I, I wasn't putting <laughs> shit on him earlier. No, it was. Uh, it was almost as though you were sort of, you know, yeah. highlighting the fact that it is a massive, um, a massive yeah. injury, and uh, you know, it was just another uh, rib for. For the Queenslanders who listen to our show, but well, those... he plays for a Queensland club, so that's true. Um, yeah, look, he, he he's very unlucky. He was um, devastated, wasn't he? If you look yeah. at that footage from him, yeah, and that's what day. you got to feel for a guy because realistically, he may never get another chance. He's thirty years of age. Correct. Yep. It, it was it was surprising that he got called into the extended squad last game. Yep. Um, there's the whole, you know, Fox keep trying to, as they do blow up the, the the issue with RCG. Um, that's, yeah. I, I just, you know, like you, you use Facebook, I use Facebook. I don't know if you get the Fox League stories come through on your feed, but there's always something just trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do, but anyway. RCG's not there. A lot of people think he should be there. Um, Freddie has made his choice. Um, Fox trying to beat it up, saying, you know, it's the Penrith guys that don't want him there. Um, whether there's any truth in that, right. I don't know. To be honest, I don't care. I'm more interested in the guys who are there. <laughs> I think the main thing is, is there's, there's 17 players wearing blue tomorrow night that can get the job done. Yeah. They're quality players. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, some, I, I think, I, I know what you mean. That sometimes you, you think they're in the entertainment industry first and then, um, you know, the sport comes secondary. So, look, when you look at your team list on the NRL website, please be aware these changes haven't happened. But we do know that McLean out. RCG was not the player in. However, it was Siafiti of the Jacob variety. Um, this will be his first opportunity in Origin. With, um, I suppose, one negative for McLean opens up the door and a uh, massive opportunity and a uh, big congratulations to Jacob Siafiti. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, agree or disagree with the selection. Um, he, you know, he's, um, he's there. And... I, I was interested to see, you know, which way they were going to go, whether they'd bring in another big guy uh, like for like, or indeed if, you know, they were maybe going to just push Jack Whiten onto the bench um, and use, say, Angus Crichton and mm. um, Liam Martin to cover the middle um, or indeed bring in a guy like Victor Radley um, they've gone for for Jacob Safiti. His brother, his twin brother, has been there and done it uh, in the past. It was, you know, probably arguably the best forward for New South Wales uh, last year. So, uh, Freddie knows these guys. He's he's been involved with them, you know, through the pathway system. So, from that perspective, uh, you know, I. I 
I certainly trust his judgment. I haven't agreed with all of his selections, but um, I think it's it's a pretty good seventeen. Well, not pretty good. It's a very good seventeen. Um, no, Tommy. Obviously, uh, he hasn't been there all series, and no Latrell. Um, and you know, we talked about last week uh, Latrell's decision to rule himself out. Um, I heard an interview with Latrell, uh, a really good interview, where he talked about uh, his reasons for pulling out. And basically, it came down to the fact that two things. First and foremost, he didn't feel physically he was going to be able to produce his best. Um, and related to that was the fact that he feels that um, at the moment he wants to do his absolute utmost for his club, South Sydney. And he believed that if he had played Origin, um, that uh, physically where he wasn't 100% up to it, that it might have had a detrimental effect again on his club. So uh, I understand. I understand. Um, And while he didn't say this, the reality is if he played didn't play well whether Queensland won or not but especially if Queensland won he'd get the blame now Latrell didn't come out and say that but that's what would happen mm. um, and he'd be criticised for playing but I mean it wouldn't have been him putting himself in the team it, he's still got to be selected but but Gee, he was good last week, Latrell. He's been good since he returned, and you can tell. Yeah. I, I know this is audio only, but Griffo, you can see the smile on my face as someone who yeah. follows his club side. Um, he, he brings so much to a team. And that that centre's um, position... Now, we, we know Matt Burton was phenomenal last game. I mean, we've talked about Matt Burton. We, we know how good a player he is, and we... We now know, we should know, that going forward, he is a very important part of this New South Wales Blues team, and I really hope that he's in form, Turbo's in form, Latrell's in form, and that there's a real um, you know, battle for, for the centres next year, and that um, you know, it can only be good for New South Wales. The other centre spot, um, a bit of talk about that around the, the water cooler, I'm sure, at your workplace, uh, listeners, during the week, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I know that a lot of people I've talked to um, ha- were a bit unsure as to whether or not Stephen Crichton holding that centre spot was the right call. Um, we know that Jack Whiten was phenomenal in that first game. I think what's most uh, surprising for, for myself, Griffo, is not the fact that, say, Crichton's there in the centres, but more so the fact that there's no room in this 17 for Jack Whiten, who was so instrumental in that first game. Is yeah. this... How, how, do you, how do you unpack this for the listeners? Is it a case of Crichton doing a good job? Is it a case of uh, a winning combination from last game that you don't change? Is it a case of Jack White and was good in the first game and 
was rubbish the game before selection for Canberra. <laughs> yeah, piece this together for, for the listeners, because I know a lot of people would have expected Jack White and at least to be in the 17, even possibly at the expense of Talakai on the bench. Yeah, well, that's what I expected. Um, I thought his spot would have been, you know, on the bench. Um, but he, he had an absolute shocker uh, for the Raiders um, after he came back from his COVID layoff. Whether that had an impact, I don't know. I'm, I'm not privy to that sort of info. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, he may get on the field. He's number 18, so we don't expect to see him, but it's possible. You'd think he'd be quite disappointed Um because he was there in game one. And that was a controversial selection that he was there in game one. True, people, yes. Also, people yeah. didn't think he was going to be there. Um, but then he, you know, pretty much universally, uh, universally acclaimed as New South Wales' best player in game one. Was not part of game two. And New South Wales obviously had a massive win. So Freddie gets criticised if he doesn't pick and stick. Um, this time he has fucking stuck for once of a better <laughs> term. Um, <clears throat> there hasn't been too much criticism of the, you know, there's been, it's been talk of, you know, White and uh, being unlucky, which you'd have to say, you know, he, he is a little bit, but um, apart from the force change through injury, Everyone else who played in that smack in uh, over in Perth yeah. has kept their spot. It's hard to disagree with that. It was a winning team. It's hard exactly. to lose your spot when the team plays so well. Yeah. 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 And, and no one had a bad game. Um, Steve Crichton hasn't been at his absolute best for the Blues as yet. Uh, he did crucially miss, miss a tackle on on Kalen Ponga that you would expect him to make. Uh, he had a good game after that, but solid. He was pretty solid. Um, you know, Freddie's given him the opportunity. Um, I expect he'll go well, to, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Matt Burton came in and for anyone who was a, you know didn't know Matt Burton as a player too well, you think they know him now? They do um, now. Goodness me, he's a good one. You, you know that <clears throat> Carpool Rugby League, we've all been uh, huge fans of, of Matt Burton. Um, Even going back to being baffled that Jerome Luai was getting picked exactly. over him. Yeah, a yeah, of initially. Years back. Yeah. And I know, yeah. I know that seems silly in hindsight. Luai's done a phenomenal job. Yeah. But that showed the promise and the talent as a youngster that he was, yeah. he was destined for that spot and for greatness. Yeah, he had debuted. He played one or two games due to, to injury the year before. I think you know James Maloney was still around, um, uh, but Burton did did play one or two games. Um, he represented New South Wales in the under nineteens or twenties, whatever it was, and was man of the match. Um, and I personally. At the time, 
was saying, you know, I would have gone with him as the, the Penrith six. Um, Ivan Cleary had a different opinion and he was proved right. You know, they had that great year where they made the grand final and the next year they took out the, the NRL premiership. So, um, and that was based on largely on the combination that the fact that, uh, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai had had a lot of years together playing, uh, in junior reps, playing in, uh, in the under twenties and so on. So they had a history, they knew each other's game and combinations count, um, Freddie has gone with combinations in his selection this year. <clears throat> Matt Burden is part of a combination. Even though he doesn't play with Penrith anymore, oh, no, he, he he was, you know, he and Luai were with a really years. great combination on the Penrith left edge last year. I mean, that oh. try he scored in origin, sorry to cut you <coughs> off there, just, oh, just yeah. so that you don't touch on it. Just wanted to make sure you, you mentioned it. That try of the kick of Cleary, that, that that wasn't something that was just put on at the spur of the moment. That wasn't something no. they worked out that week. They 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 just they're 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 in sync. Like this is something we talk about with Pan, with Penrith the Penrith Panthers. It's like their brains are all tuned to the same frequency. Matt Burton he, he, <coughs> he's tuned to that frequency as well. Um, and I think that was an example of it. Sorry, Griff. I just wanted to make sure we got that example. Oh, that's in. good point. Like the combinations, they mean something. Um, Queensland, over the years, when they had that dominance, it was based on combinations. A lot of it was was Melbourne Storm related, the, the likes of Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater in spine positions as well. And you had Greg Inglis there, obviously, uh, as a Storm player during that part of that time. Um but those guys played so much together and you throw in your Thurston's and these sorts of guys down Lockyer earlier and, and they played so many games together at a representative level. Yeah. That's tough to beat. Yeah. Um, so combinations matter. Um, I think upper side Corey Sal's selection most warranted. Again, it's part of that combination um, that works for the Panthers um, with Corisau at dummy half. Yeah. And then you've got, he's selecting, is he going to pass to Azeo? Is he going to pass to Jerome Luai or Nathan Cleary? Well, those guys, they've won a premiership together. And, and, and um, the thing is too, it, it, it's, it's, it's how you use the, the, the pieces that you've got and how they move. Um, Corisau starting makes Cook more dangerous. Exactly. This isn't a demotion for Cook. This is no, strategic. Not at all. Uh, I don't know what the word is. It's strategic. It's bringing the right players in at the right time. You had those early combinations with Coruscant where, you know, by the time Cook comes on, hopefully we're a couple of tries up and those combinations have worked and, and we're not battling to get out of our end. It's, it, I just think that, yeah, I think that selection of Coruscant was uh, just so smart. Yeah. I've talked for too long. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, Graham. What, what do you think, Graham? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm just sort of chiming in here because I'm excited. I feel like I'm cutting you off, but I think this team, this, 
I think this team will win tomorrow night. And I was just about to ask you uh, in a moment for your, for your tip. Um, and I'm not going to be as stupid to ask who you're tipping. I'm going to ask you in a moment why you're tipping New South Wales. But I think you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head in the sense that they've got those combinations. They've got players who are confident when they're around each other. They, they lift each other up. And I, th- I think, too, like we've seen it with, with the Penrith players, particularly over the last couple of years, they don't get phased when the chips are down. Now, I know there was a bit of criticism in that first game that they maybe didn't get to that next gear. But I think that first game, you've really got to give the credit to, to Queensland. And that's where we've got to be careful with the enthusiasm, the galvanising, given that the adversity that they've... Uh, they've got to overcome Queensland would be loving the fact that the whole narrative in the media this week has been the COVID issues and the fact that Queensland can't win because Munster's out with COVID Queensland would love that they don't want to go in and all the talk be how much they're going to win by I mean this game's in Queensland don't forget this is in Brisbane this is Suncorp Stadium this is New South Wales have only done it twice in the history to go up to Lane Park it's like you know? a decider. <laughs> it's, it's only it's, happened twice. It's it, they've got to really, and as you said, it'd be it'd be history making because it's only happened twice in the whole history of um, state of origin. They're looking to do it for a third time. It is game three. It will be a tough ask, but I, I, as I said, I think that Burton especially brings an extra enthusiasm to this side. I think myself. The, the key and the biggest difference between the first game and the second game is Jake Trebojevic. I'm not saying that he single-handedly, you know, won the game for him, anything like that. I think it that... It was outstanding. That change in personnel, along with Angus Crichton, who I'm giving a lot of benefit, uh, a lot of credit to, and I think he benefited the side massively. I think the selection... I'm almost... I said it last week. I'm going to say it. It wasn't a... Genius masterstroke by Brad Fittler to pick Jake Trebojevic and Angus Crichton for the second game. I think it was a monumental stuff up that they weren't there in the first game. Now, I know that's a pessimistic look at it and a negative way to look at things, but he is just so key to this side. I I actually think that he was was the the main ingredient in what made that game two in Perth uh, so successful for the Blues. Yeah, absolutely. I think you had those guys in, in, you know, when we were picking teams before round one. I um, I don't think I had either of them in there. Um, I had sort of, had them sort of in an extended squad, but um, when they didn't win, I certainly wanted to see him back. Mm. Um, the thing about Jake Trebojevic is we talk about, you know, last year, um, being a you know a great series for New South Wales would have been greater if we had a one game three, which probably should have. Yeah. Um, he only played one game. He didn't play the last two games, so he wasn't. You couldn't really say he was an incumbent. And his club form for Manly hadn't been fantastic. That's that's the point there. Um, in, 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 in in all fairness, you left him out of the side. Brad Fittler left him out of the side. Because of his club form, and and to be honest with you, I was going back to what he had done, could like pr- pretty much two seasons ago for the for for the Blues 
um, in looking for for his attributes for this year. So, I mean, it, you know, hindsight's great. He had a great game, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, Griffo, was um, his, his club form probably didn't warrant a, a selection. Now, anyway, we now know that there were deficiencies with the New South Wales forwards in game one. Even though you would say that the team was pretty much picked on form, um, so you couldn't really, you know, uh, most of them anyway, uh, I thought were picked on form. Um, and then the changes came after game one. When we went down in a game we were expected to win, playing at home in Sydney, we don't lose too often. Um, Cleary didn't have his best game. Part of that was because his forwards didn't give him the protection that was necessary for him to get his kicks away. Um, so Freddie said, well, okay, this is the area we were deficient. He made some changes to those areas. And we saw Cleary, the big beneficiary of the changes that were made um, to the middle players uh, in particular. And Jake Trebojevic was was at the centre of that with his his uh, his scythe in defence, where he just chops him down uh, when, when he's defended. But also the fact that he acted uh, in a way that helped protect clear from uh, with his kicks. So yeah, when you make a mistake and you learn from it, good to see. Um, but again, like yourself, there were a lot of guys who, who not guys, but anyone who probably thought before game one that maybe some, some guys should have been in there that were picked. Um, that changed and, and the result changed. Not the only factor, um, but yeah, I, I, I think New South Wales win. I mean, I would go and tip them. No matter what happens, I'm always going to back the Blues. But but, but genuinely, you you you'd I genuinely, think they'd win. you'd ex- most 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 tipsters would expect them to win. I expect them to win. Yeah. I do expect them to. I I said game one was fifty fifty. Yeah, and um, most pundits didn't have it that way. I I thought it was, you know, I thought it was an even money bet in uh, game one. I think this is. I think this is 65-35 New South Wales to win. Um, Queensland are not out of it. But if if New South Wales can do <clears throat> what you know we've seen them do in, in particularly last year and get out to a quick lead, um, I don't know if Queensland's got the attack to run them down. Queensland... For them to win, it's got to be an absolute scrapathon, um, and Queensland just hang in there and hang in there, and and if they're going to win, it's going to be by a narrow margin, uh, like we saw in game one. But without their best attacking player, it's going to be tough for them to score too many points. Um, New South Wales, we know they've got points in them. Uh, and I, I hope they score plenty. <laughs> we win by. I think they will. I think, the, I think. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of points in them. I think the 
the, the, the difficulty for Queensland will be chasing points. Um, and I think that with Munster out, there's a lot of pressure on Dearden and Cherry Evans. I, I actually, the other the player I think who's really going to get more involved and become um, crucial in their attack is Harry Grant. I think they're really going to try and get him running, get him involved. Yeah. Um, hopefully our forwards suffocate them and don't allow that to happen. If our forwards do the job and play the game mostly uh, in the Queensland half, I have no doubt that um, the, the balance between Luai taking the line on and having Burton there as another option, just the outside backs of, uh, of Queensland will be in two minds there. It just opens up enough for them. Um, Cleary's going to get the protection for his kicking game. Uh, I imagine Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray, uh, Coruscant, and then Cook when he comes on to do a lot of work in the middle, also in defence. Um, and I think that bench rotation with Crichton and um, obviously Cook coming on, uh, Junior Borlo, um, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously keep us fresh and then that added, added option to bring Talakai in. I mean, I only oh, expect yeah. Talakai to play possibly the last 20 minutes and it depends. Look, you don't know. There might be a few injuries. You might have to come and yep. fill in, but you know, I, I'm, I'm confident that if we do have injuries and we've said this before, if we've got an injury in the forward pack, we've got players on the bench that can cover it. If there's an injury in the back line. Talakai can come in and play centers and, Anyone in that back line can shuffle anywhere. I mean, you've got Crichton can go to the wing. Burton can move into the halves. Uh, there's there's cover there, and I think that's what fills us with a lot of confidence going into yeah. this one. Um, I just think, yeah, I think I think it's, it's the simple things. I think the forwards are going to protect Cleary. They're going to go forward. I think it's going to give more room for Luai to run, and I think the defence is going to be in two minds whenever Tedesco gets the ball and whenever Matt Burton's an option. I think that's a, a great place for us to be in. And I think that Damian Cook coming on with 10 minutes to go in the first half when, you know, the big boys, I know they would have had their rotation by then, but, you know, even if you've got Arrow and Carrigan on and a few tired forwards there... Um, there's, there's, there's going to be some, some room and I, th- I think it's going to be a very fast-paced game and I think there's plenty of points in New South Wales. I think Wales. That's, that's fast-paced game suits the Blues. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to suit Queensland quite so well because, uh, as I said, uh, Blues, they've got a lot of try-scoring potential. Queensland got some question marks in defence you got the likes of Cherry Evans uh, alongside Nanai, Gagai, and Cobble on that uh, on that side of the field. Um, yeah, there could be some issues there. Um, I also think yeah. for them, Papali's got to be, or Papali, I should say. Um, I think he's got to be better. I haven't been impressed significantly with his form. Especially well, the origin and I know Watch he hasn't him. played about forty-eight minutes in the series. So, and I think that's that's based on his form. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. especially with the Tim Gill, why pick him if you're not going to use him? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's their problem. <laughs> All right. it's, no, it's, I, a, it's a fair comment, though. Why are you picking a bloke to play 23, 24 minutes a game? Yep, and this is where uh, Tom Flegler. You know, is yeah. you know. Anyway, um, Blues to win. I think that's pretty much the bottom yeah. line there. Yeah, uh, should be a great game. 
deciders are always great. I mean, I know we we love a Blues clean sweep, but how exciting is it for, for rugby league tomorrow night? And I, I I know the games in Brisbane. It's 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 massive up there for for Brisbane. They the fans always get out. There's always the you know, I mean, even on the, the news during the week, I had it on in the background and they're crossing to, you know, Andrew Johns and Sam Thiday. They're at the, the Caxton Hotel. There's all this... It's it's a big ordeal origin in itself, but a decider in Brisbane, um, it, it's really great for the for the series. So, um, it is. looking forward to it. All right, there's think, just plenty to talk about, doesn't it? That's plenty to talk about. I'll tell you what, uh, there's, there's a whole round of footy to happen after origin. All round. A whole round, and it's a it's Better a get into it, it's a Reggie Didge round too. It's um uh, eight games, so the team news is out. There's um there's a bit to talk about in the team news, especially for your Panthers, Griffo. Um, if you, um we talked to them yet. I'm just trying to get it up. Well, when you get it up, you'll notice that uh, we'll get to it in a moment. But I think the big news is that their Origin players will be rested this week. It's something we talked about at the start of the show. I did expect um, that. Yeah, especially being against the Tigers, so. Um, yeah, that'll lead us into our round 18 preview and two-minute tip. All right, there's the kickoff for this week's round. Now, we do have the teams just dropped. As we are recording this, we'll be quite honest with you, it is 4.30 uh, at present. So the teams have just been released. So we haven't had a good chance to look through them, but we'll have a good chat about them as we go through the games and uh, unpack everything that's going to happen this week. The tough thing, obviously, too, this week, Griffo, we've got uh, Origin tomorrow night. There are implications, and you'll notice uh, fans listening at home, when you look at your team list this week, uh, the reserves are ever important uh, because there may be Origin players who don't get through the game. But we'll keep all that in mind. Uh, The first game to take place will be on Friday, so given the fact that there's Origin, there'll be no Thursday game. First game will be 6 p.m. Friday. It is the second-place Cowboys taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Top four battle here up in Townsville. Uh, the team news for the Cowboys, Dearden and Gilbert are named to back up um, after their big debut, uh, well, which will be tomorrow night. Um, can't see any Valentine Holmes no. or Nanai in the list there. So looking as though Todd Payton is deciding to rest those players. Um, we know that um, Tulagi's out after his COVID test last week. Um, so Brendan Elliott will be on the wing. Uh, Jordan McLean, we also covered, is injured. He's got that hamstring injury. Uh, Tanua Brown will come in. Uh, Cohen Hess also returning after a week off with shoulder injury. Um, the Hammer, Reese Robson and Chad Townsend all starting after being part of the wider squads for Origin 3. I didn't have the courage, Griffo, to get your thoughts. Long-term listeners will know that you're a big uh, fan I of Chad I noticed there's some protection. Well, I was going to say they had some protection on the oh, extended bench. I thought that's yeah. what you were referring to. No, I was going the to say Chad Townsend back. in the Origin uh, Origin squad. I suppose good on Chad. Uh, no, I, I actually, Graham, well, all jokes aside, I, I know we've we've had our talks about Chad Townsend. <laughs> I thought it was a, a smart move. Um, while obviously Mitch Moses, uh, I rate as a better player, um, Moses had to play last week mm. and they wanted guys in there uh, that yeah, weren't going to have to leave and, you know, go and play for their club. Yeah, fair point. Fair Townsend point. didn't have to play. And the other thing is, 
um, Townsend would have been able to give him plenty of intel on like young Tom did. Yeah, um, his his partner in the halves there. So that's uh, probably he's pro- and he's he would have been doing that a training. I didn't even yeah. really think of that yeah. aspect. So of I, it. So I, I, I wasn't point. critical of that at all for those reasons. <laughs> um, uh, smart. Do I think he's a better player than Mitch Moses? Absolutely not. But does he know um, more about Tom Dearden? Yes. <laughs> and 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 for the other reason that, you know, Moses was going to have to leave Count yeah. to go and play for the Eels. He's, I, I rate Moses highly, um, and he's getting more consistency about his game. But f- for the purposes of what went on for this game and preparation, yeah. uh, I think it was a smart decision. And, 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 and knowing that he, you know, he, he he wasn't going to play, but it's good to have that that I suppose the intel uh, in the in yeah. the side. So um, yeah, so uh, he'll uh, he'll be, they'll be part of the um, the Cowboys team after being part of the uh, wider squads for Origin. So keep in mind part of the Origin squads, but um, not playing tomorrow night. Um, Nico Hines and Toby Rudolph. Now, they're looking to return after they missed last week's game due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, That's probably the biggest news there for the Sharks, I can see. Um, We mentioned earlier that uh, Nakora's got a one-match ban for his dangerous conduct on Kenny Bromwich. Um, Talakai is on the reserves list. So um, you'd expect they, him uh, to play if he only gets a short amount of time. Yeah, if he plays Wednesday. fifteen minutes of Origin, you throw him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, um, look in this one. I know we've got a, a, a bit of an Origin impacted uh, game here. A lot of players possibly uh, backing up from this one, but um, top top four class should be a great game up there in Townsville. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Queensland Country Bank Stadium, Townsville, has been the scene of uh, a lot of joy for Cowboys supporters this year. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm going to tip the Sharks in this game, Graham. Um, okay. Not, not anything against the Cowboys, other than the fact that they're not running out their best team um, for a variety of reasons. Uh that are totally understandable. Um, I think the Sharks, while they're not complete full strength, they're pretty close, Mm. pretty close to full strength, um, the Sharks. And I think, you know, last week's game would have only given them more confidence. They bring back Nicole Hines into the team, along with Toby Rudolph. Uh, And yes, they lost uh, Nakore, Nakora, uh, one of those guys always get him confused. Um, it's a it's a good looking side, the Sharks, and Cowboys still a uh, you know good side, but it's not not quite their best side. Um, and for that reason, that's the only reason I'm, I'm tipping the Sharks. I think the Cowboys will put up a very strong fight. I think they'll score some points. Um, but I just think Sharks, from 1 through to 17, have a better team than uh, the Cowboys in this game, um, based on what I see in the team list there. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I might go with you there. Uh, just looking at the teams now that have been released. If this was asked of me an hour ago before seeing the, I mean, immediately I knew they had you know Nanai McLean out, but um, sorry, uh, Tulagi and McLean out. Nanai being out, Holmes not backing up. Yeah. There's some some good good rugby league players not not yeah. playing in this game. Yeah, definitely. Like so, you know, Nanai McLean, Tulagi, Holmes. There's four of their best players out, and not to mention as well, this is only 48 hours after. Yeah. Or 46 hours really. 46 hours after uh, State of Origin, Tom Dearden's debut. That's a big game yeah. for him. I know. There's a I big know... question mark on whether he plays or not. And um, I think. I think what the Cowboys fans will say, he'll be on a high, he'll be coming into the um, into the side with a lot of confidence. What the sports scientist in me says is 48 hours after, you know, the hardest, fastest game you'll ever play, um, yeah. that's when you get your peak muscle soreness. He'll still be feeling the effects. If he does play, I'd have question marks over him being 100%. I also, look, we didn't even also mention I was going to bring it up, but um, didn't get to it in my notes that Dale Finucane was also um, added to that extended squad yeah. over in the um, yeah. the origin. But he's, he's not going to play, so he'll that's, be that's, good to go. That's no impact. So just for those that are thinking, yeah. they've heard Dale Finucane talked about being in the squad. So he'll start. I mean, you look at there um, with Rudolph back into it, into that forward pack. There's a lot of talent in this Sharks team. I actually think, um, yeah, I think I think I'll go to tip the Sharks with this one. I think they were good last week. They had a lot of points in them. I'd expect Talakai to come into the side and play, um, but they've got a really good balanced squad. If, if people haven't been following the Sharks closely, have a look at their one to seventeen this week, and then um, have a look at the game because I think they'll do well. So yeah, Sharks for both of us in that one. Um, yeah, I just want to point out. I thought Braden Trindle played really well last week. Yep, haven't seen much of him this year, but uh, he he proved that you know he's uh, he's a first grader and he can step up you know when when uh, required. So uh, they're they're looking strong. This team from the Shire, they're looking strong for for twenty twenty two. Yep, a couple of players there that uh, provide them the depth. When you look at their one to seventeen, as I said this week with Trindle. And Talakai in the reserves. Um, Lockie Miller, who had that amazing debut as well. There, there's talent. Yeah, there. that's right. Yep, yep. No, yeah, that's right. He had that that game a few weeks back. Um, it was absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty to be excited about if you're a Sharks fan. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, second game of the week will be uh, later on Friday evening, 7.55pm. This one's going to take place at Combank Stadium in Parramatta. The Parramatta Eels will be hosting the New Zealand Warriors. Um, Junior Paulo will be uh, backing up for this one uh, as per the team sheet, so definitely keep an eye on him. Um, Nakore uh, shifts to lock. Um, Madison's still out. He missed last week. He's still got that rib injury. Um, for the Warriors, we've got uh, Walsh returning to the side. He missed that game in New Zealand last week. Um, so with him coming back, Harris Tavita will go back to 5-8. Um, and youngster Ronald Volkman is sidelined 
by a virus. Um, DWZ out of this one by the looks of it. I think that's a um, that's a COVID protocol, that one as well. Um, okay. So, uh, Cozzy, um, he'll be playing on the wing. Now, word is that yeah. Edward Cozzy scored a lot of tries um, uh, in the in the lower grades. Um, so, he's on a bit of a try-scoring run. So, he's deserved his yeah. spot. Murchie's going to get a start on the... This week. What's that, sorry? I sort of think it might end this week. This yeah, a bit, of a, bit, of a, bit of a step up. So, um, Murchie on the bench. And the other, uh, I suppose, out for New Zealand, and we've seen a few coaches out recently, Stacey Jones has been isolating uh, after a positive COVID test. So, maybe... I don't know, no. maybe he, he and DWZ uh, were sharing a beer over the past week. Who knows? Um, so they're not sure if he'll be actually travelling to the team in uh, with the team in Sydney. That might also... Can they get Nathan Brown back for the week? <laughs> yeah, that's right. They might, uh, they might have to call him in. But um, look, I think a lot of punters will, um, will, will, will basically say, Griffo, that's not going to matter anyway because given the form of the Warriors compared to how the Eels are going uh, this year, you wouldn't expect... Uh, it all to make too much difference, and I think a lot of people will be pretty keen on the the Parramatta side in this one. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Um, without having looked at all the games, uh, I'm thinking this one could be my joker for the thief, week. Yeah. But again, I haven't looked at all the games. Uh, but I just think there's a lot of points in the Eels. And the Warriors, they were up for last week, um, the big homecoming. They got their win. Um Back in Australia, um, one to seventeen, they're inferior uh, for mine to the Parramatta Eels, and I, I think the well, I, I'm definitely tipping the Eels, and uh, I think it could be a big win. I'd be surprised if the Eels play junior bolo. Um, I don't need I don't, to. Don't need to. Nathan Brown could come in, maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, Brown played last week. They've also got uh, on the extended bench there, Offa Hickey Ogden. uh, Yes. I don't think we've seen him play for the Eels. Um, So, you know, he's he's an option there. Uh, They've got a couple of props on the bench in in, uh, Makatoa, who I didn't really recognise without the uh, peroxide hair last week. It didn't look as intimidating. And also State of Oregon, Kafusi, uh, who I think is a very good player, who's off to the Sharks next year. It's a good signing for them. I think he's a good player, Kafusi. Um, and young Rodwell, who looks quite good. Uh, was he at Souths previously or all grades? Or... Carl Rodwell? That's a good question. I'd have to look. Um... Yeah. I, I, he, he came from another club. To the Eels this year, I thought it might have been the Rabbitohs, but I'm not sure about that. But he looks a decent young player. He was he actually plays in the back row. Yeah, he's um, he was at South Sydney, uh, up until 2020, played for the the Bears. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically, I think he's from um, Bega. Yeah, I thought Kuma, he was from the country somewhere. Like that. Yeah, so I think yeah, he was looks, one of those looks, ones. Yeah, looks a good player. Yeah. When he was, um, yeah, when he was only a youngster, about 16, I think he was one of those ones that got scouted and brought over. And um, 
good signing for the um for the Eels and um yeah, made I think I think actually the game against Penrith last year was his debut. Um, okay. Late on in the year, he probably won't want to remember that one because I think they got absolutely pumped. But um, yeah, good to see a lot of promising young uh, footballers coming through. I think he'll just be one of the uh, you know one of those players this week that'll be um, having a smile on their face as they get handed the Gatorade in the water at full yeah. time because I'd imagine the Eels. Uh, You'd be pretty game in your tipping comps not to have the Eels this week. We talked about them a bit before. They're they're, they're they're gunning for the top four. They're a quality side. On their day, they can beat anyone. Um, but there's also something about the Eels, though, Griffo. On their day, they can also lose to anyone. Oh, of and, course they um, can. But I don't think they're losing to the Warriors. No. This is not the return game to Auckland after nearly three years. Um, that's already been and gone. Yeah. Might be the Warriors' last win for the year, that one. But, uh, yeah, I can't see him beating Parra. I can't see no. him getting close, to be fair. No, no I'm the same. Um, Parra and, yeah, in all fairness, you'd have to consider them for the um, the biggest margin of the week. Okay, moving on to Saturday's games. Uh, Saturday, 3 p.m., this is going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Uh, Central Coast Stadium at Gosford is the location for... The uh, Sydney Roosters taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. As I said earlier in the podcast, this is 10th versus 9th. Massive implications for who's going to um, make up the top eight. Uh, for the Roosters, as we know, uh, still no Luke Keary. He hasn't played since round 14. So we're going on four weeks now. Um, and we know he's had some issues with concussion. Not good news for Luke Keary. Um, something that the Roosters fans would be concerned about, and also Luke Keary and uh, his friends and family as themselves, because concussion is also, you know, it's always something that's um, a big concern health-wise as well as, uh, you know, on the field. And um, at the end of the day, rugby league's just a game. So we hope that Luke Keary is healthy, and it's, um, yeah, major concern, given the fact he's been out for so long. But that would mean that Joey Manu is going to, once again, play in the number six jersey. The players backing up for them, you've got Tedesco, um, Tupu, Crichton. They're all uh, named there. The biggest news probably um, on the reserves list is Matthew Lodge in number 19. He could very well make his debut this week. You never know. Uh, being listed earlier in the week makes you eligible. Jared Rhea Hargraves has recovered from his hamstring injury. They're telling us that he will come off the interchange bench and play. If for whatever reason he doesn't, you may expect Matthew Lodge to be the person to uh, move into that spot. But that's a bit of a watch this space, especially with players uh, playing in origin. Uh, Ben Hunt will be monitored by the Dragons ahead of their clash. Um, He's their uh, main man and he's also going to be playing tomorrow night in the Origin 3 decider. Um... Ravalawa's hamstring injury is going to see Tautau Moga join the starting side while Jack DeBellin also starts in the place of Tarek Sims, who we discussed earlier, is injured. And uh, Aaron Woods now coming into the side on the bench in the number 16 jersey. Um, Really looking forward to this one, Griffo. I think uh, for a lot of us, we've been really waiting for the Roosters to just stand up and blow a team off the park. There's no better opportunity than against a team that's just above them on the ladder this week in the Dragons. 
well, they have to win. Um, they they start to call for the mathematicians if they lose this game. Mm. Can we make it? Uh, I think they've got a superior side on paper to the Dragons. Um, ben Hunt wasn't there, and, and the Dragons showed that you know they really without him they're half the team. Uh, I will expect him to play unless he's injured because he's just too important to this team. Um, it's, it's a must-win game for the Roosters. Uh, they, uh, I, I would expect they will play all of their origin players unless mm. there's an injury. They have to. Um, they, they can't rest their big guns um, because of the position on the ladder unless there is an injury. Um, if it's just a matter of rest, rest them when they come up against the Tigers or someone like that. But if they drop these two points to the Dragons, again, it's not just two points lost. It's two points plus for, at this stage, their major rival for a spot mm. in the eight. And they just can't afford that. And, and I do expect that they will win. And... Um, I think they might win reasonably well with the likes of uh, Joey Manu. I saw what he could do coming through the middle when he played against the Panthers in the sixth jersey. Um, it's just too important to the Roosters, who were beaten earlier in the year by the Dragons on Anzac Day. Um, I think they turn it around here. Yeah. And, and as you said, it is that big... Um, you know, we referred to it earlier on as the, the four-point turnaround. Um, a win in this game could very well mean that at the end of next week's round, the Roosters are in the top eight and all of a sudden the uh, all, all is well in the universe of the rugby league again yeah. because for them not to be in the top eight just seems um, unbelievable uh, to, to anyone who's who follows this game. But as you said, a loss... I mean, we'll talk about the Seagulls in a moment, but I'm just looking at the ladder here, and I'd expect the Seagulls to win this week, move to 20. A loss for the Roosters would mean the Dragons go to 20, meaning that they're four points off eighth spot. It becomes a big ask then. Yeah. I don't expect yeah, that this to is happen. a crucial game. Crucial game. I expect them to win. I think a, a, a key indicator that the Roosters... Yeah, I know. I know you want the the actual points on the ladder are the key thing, but when a team is sitting tenth with a plus twenty one for and against, and they're coming up against ninth with a minus eighty four for and against, you start to think, hang on, there's there's something a, a bit funny here. It just shows that when the Roosters win, they have the opportunity to win well, and when the Dragons get done, they have the opportunity to leak points. I mean, last week the Dragons did leak some points. They conceded thirty two points in that game against the um the Broncos and this is my main concern for for those who follow the Dragons because there have been games this year where you know they against the good sides they have conceded a lot of points they they lost you know to teams like the Storm put 42 on them Paris put 48 on them there there have been a few games where they've had a bit of a score put on them they'll go back to the the Anzac Day clash though uh, and, and say, look, we've beaten the Roosters already. We can do it again. I don't know if uh, they've got the um, 
the heart that the Anzac Day clash brings out of them uh, brings out this the week. Best. Oh, it geez. does. It's a very different game when you're going to Gosford on a Saturday afternoon, and that's why I think the Roosters will win. And, um, yeah, I think that'll be a big turnaround for them, and I think this will be the, the run towards the final. So I'm actually saying to the teams in the top eight, watch out because uh, the Roosters are going to come home with a wet sail, I think, and get in the eight and cause a lot of strife. But, um, look, one team who will want to spoil that party and make the eight and have a great opportunity to do so are the Manly Seagulls. This week they take on the Newcastle Knights. That's going to happen at 5.30pm at Four Pines Park, uh, which is at Brookvale. Um, Knights, Knights are coming up against the Seagulls here with, I know, a couple of players um, you know, implicated with, with state of origin. Um, Kalen Ponga, Jacob Saifi, Dan Gagai, they've all been named. Ponga hasn't been in the Knights side uh, for a few weeks because he's had a few head knocks. Um, big loss for the Knights, though, with Bradman Best being out. Uh, he got injured uh, in he the did. game against South last week. Um, he gets injured a lot. He's had a really bad run with injuries. Um, I think it was a thumb injury, this one. So it's a thumbs down for Bradman Best this week, and they'll be hoping that the thumbs up next week. Um, for the Seagulls, as you'd imagine... Um, when you beat Melbourne, you name the same 17 the week later. Uh, they do have origin players, though. Keep in mind, Daily Cherry Evans, Jake Trebojevic, both named to back up. Um, oh, here we go. Josh Alloway has not been named as 18th man, uh, as we know, one of the favourites of, uh, of uh, Peter Volandis. Yes, Oshe Ole, uh, 18th man, missed round 16 due to concussion. Um, yeah, so watch this space could come into the side. Obviously, um, they'll also be keeping an eye on, I think, especially Jake Trebojevic, uh, given the amount of work we're expecting him to do. But look, when we give the tip for this one, Griffo, we've just got to expect that uh, all hands will be on deck for the Seagulls, who are um, yeah looking to really cement their, t- their spot in the, the top eight and keep in... With those teams, especially with uh, the Roosters and Dragons playing this week, it is an important game for them too. Too important to lose. Um, and I think they they win, uh, Manly. Um, again, on paper, as I look at the two teams, I just think Manly are a better team. Uh, they're playing at home. They're a stronger side at home than what they are when they go away from home. It'd be interesting to see what you know how DCE uh, backs up. Um, they've missed him once or twice, and and to be fair, they didn't really miss a beat um, in those games. Four and went to seven, and Schuster went to six, and it was uh, a smooth sailing. So, whether they feel the need to rest DCE or not, or if he picks up an injury. I don't think it's going to have too uh, too big an effect on them. Um, you mentioned Ponga missed last week's game, comes back here, uh, all things being equal, and he comes out fit from origin. Uh, his replacement last week is not listed. Um, so if Ponga does pick up an injury, and I hope he, he doesn't, obviously. He was, that, he was that good last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, they, they've got a bit of a dilemma as to who who they uh, put in the number one jersey. Um, I don't know, they could probably drop Kurt Mann back there looking at their list. Um, I don't know what their other options would be. There's no backs on the uh, on the interchange bench. No. And the only other guy who is a back, well, it, well, Clifford's a, a half. Heimel Hunt oh, is uh, outside only, back. only back listed. So you don't know, does it? Does does Kurt Mann go to the halves? Milford play fullback. Well, I suppose that's an option. Who knows? Yeah. Look, Bill way, it's not ideal. Play. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to matter. I just think Manly are going to be a better team mm. uh, in this game. Uh, the Knights, while they scored a lot of points against South last week, South were way down on on their uh, talent. Um, and the Knights came up with some bad plays. But, you know, their attack was pretty good. Uh, I just can't see him beat Manly here. It's, it's Eagles for me. Yeah, I'm looking at Manly uh, in this one too. Um, and I, I, I think for them, they'll really want DCE to, to, be, to be able to play this one. I know you said there that there may be some opportunity there to rest him and they'd be expected to beat the Knights. Um, I don't think they can afford to rest any players, the Manly Seagulls. They need to win. I think it would be madness to even consider even Cherry Evans or Trebojevic not playing, even if they have a big night on on Wednesday. Um, because this game is so important. I mean, the, the, the basic equation here is Manly win, they stay in the top eight, given the fact that we'd expect the Roosters to win and the fact that the Roosters have a better for and against. If Manly lose this, um, well, regardless, you know, if the Dragons beat the Roosters, if Manly lose this game, um, they'll they'll drop out of the eight. That's, that's as simple as it is. Uh, if the Dragons beat the Roosters, they'll go ahead of them. If the Roosters win, they've got a better for and against, they'll go ahead of the Seagulls. So... Manly are fighting here for a top eight spot. That should be enough to um, to get them fired up for a win. It's in Brookvale, and uh, I think the Knights are starting to, to feel as though the season's getting away from them. So, um, yeah, Manly for me in this one as well. <clears throat> All right, so moving on to our final game on Saturday. Um, this game will take place on the Gold Coast We've got the Gold Coast Titans taking on uh, the informed Brisbane Broncos. Uh, South East Queensland affair here. Um, as you'd imagine, being Queensland teams, there will be implications here for Origin. Um, Big Tino will be looking to back up for the Titans. Um, Philip Semi and Corey Thompson also returning to the back line. Um, They've also got youngster Fafita who will debut on the wing. Boyd's a new 5'8". Turner going to the bench. So a lot happening here for the side. Booth starting at hooker. Uh, Clark on the bench. <sighs> There's a lot there happening. Um, Campbell, we're hearing, is still a few weeks away with a hamstring injury. So no sign of him. I can't even see him in a reserves list. So um, not expecting him to uh, be a part of this game. Um, for the Broncos, we're looking at um, Corey Oates, Pat Carrigan being named amongst the reserves. 
Uh, be interesting to see if Oates and Carrigan do come into the squad later in the week. Um, but Cobbo and Capewell will be rested. Um, so in regards to the origin news there, uh, Flegler will be back on the bench. He's only been part of the extended Maroon squad and Payne Haas still expected to miss another week uh, with these shoulder problems. But given the fact that Oates are in Oates and Carrigan are in the reserves, Cobbo, Capewell being rested, um, Probably can't give the uh, the Broncos side that's running out the same credit. However, there are some key players there still in the side, uh, and this is still a team in form coming up against the Titans side who um, who really are not in form, have never have been this year, and are my disappointment of the year, Griffo. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting clash. Local derby. Derby. Um, Broncos well down on strength still uh, basically they're going with the side that got them the win last week um, none of the origin players listed in the top 17 I don't think uh, you just went through that and it looks like almost the same side as the one that beat the Dragons, even on the extended bench, there's only Oates and, and Carrigan on an extended mm. bench there. So they're putting the faith in the guys who did the job last week, which means it's it's a below-strength Broncos. Um, I, I struggled to tip the Gold Coast this year. I, I was often a while ago. If you look at the two teams on paper, you think, the Gold Coast are a big chance here, but they're the Gold Coast and the other team is going really well. The Broncos, I lean towards the Broncos, but I actually, I do give the Gold Coast a chance um, based on the fact that the Broncos, and it's it's not their best team. Um, David Fafita coming back, well, I think he played the last game, but... Um, It'd be interesting to see how big Tino, whether he comes through origin. Yeah. Um, they got to Sefa Fafita, mm. which I, I think he's also known as Jojo Fafita. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, Don't know much it was surprising that, that he hadn't uh, played earlier in the year. Uh, I think he's a cousin of David Fafita. Okay. Big raps on him. Um I think I'm just going to have to go Broncos because I'm, I'm off tipping the... <laughs> it's hard the, to uh, Interesting, they got Aaron Booth comes in to make his debut for the club. Um, off-season signing from, from Melbourne. And uh, he takes over the nine role uh, with Clark back to the bench. But mm. I'm just going to stick with the Broncos simply because they're in form and the coast are not. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to look at this one simply and say, well... The, the Broncos are under strength. However, you made a good point. that This is a team that effectively beat the Dragons last week. And I know it doesn't always work like this, but you can also simplify it and say, well, they they, they did all right against the Dragons last week and, and the Dragons are probably a better team than the Titans. Oh, yeah. So you'd expect them to get the job done again. But I think that's also a good opportunity for the Broncos to show faith in the players that got the job done last week. 
and not burn out the Origin players. I think that clubs are thinking so much more now about managing the loads of the players throughout an entire season and having the players rest for this game, especially you know considering the fact that it will only be a couple of days after an Origin match. Uh, giving them that extra rest could mean a lot when you get to the back end, and I'd expect the Broncos to be, um, you know, playing playing football in um, you know after the first week of the finals. So, uh, big opportunity for these Broncos, but also yeah. to in in all fairness, when you look at the team that's still on the park, there's still a lot of players there who are doing a good job. Um, you know that Tony Stagg since. You know, playing Origin and coming back, he's had a lot to prove. Uh, a lot of talk about Adam Reynolds and his role in this team. Uh, Billy Waters, you know, there's, there, there, you've got Flegler, you know, coming off the bench there. Gamble's in the side. There's, there's a lot of players here who are playing really well at the moment. And, um, you know, Tessie Neu at the back. Um, they, they, they've, they've still got quite a good side. So I think that um, the Broncos are definitely uh, the team to go for in this one. <laughs> All right, so moving on now to the Sunday games. Now, this is the one, Griffo, I think a lot of people will be interested in, and um, it's not as simple as it seemed on paper when uh, punters may have looked at it prior to the teams coming out, but we've got the West Tigers uh, at home at Combank Stadium in Parramatta against the Penrith Panthers. As I briefly mentioned earlier, uh, there are a lot of players being rested for the Panthers, so just to... Just to clearly list them, uh, Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin, Jerome Luai, Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, Apisai Coruscant, all being rested. So as you'd imagine, O'Sullivan and Falls are going to be in the halves. Jennings comes into the centres. Staines on the wing. Kenny Smith and Eisenhuth in the pack. Sonny Luke will um, be on the bench for what will be his third career game. So... Um, some, some good depth there for the Panthers, isn't it? Uh, for the Tigers, uh, Adam Dewey, he moves to 5'8", which is uh, an interesting one because there was some talk last week that he's uh, he made a bit of an ultimatum to Brett Kamali saying, you know, either pick me at 5'8 or don't pick me. Uh, this week it looks as though he's gone for the option to pick him at 5'8". Jackson Hastings going to lock off Hengawi uh, to prop. Uh, James Tarmel back on deck after missing a couple of games with a calf injury. Uh, Ken Mamalo also returned, so uh, I think that's a couple of captains back in the side there for them. Yeah, there'll um, be a lot of leadership. Yeah, so look, I think for the the Tigers with their with their team, they're trying to sh- look. They're shuffling the deck chairs. Um, on the Titanic, it feels like for me. It doesn't matter where you put them. Uh, this is a sinking ship. However, um, if you're going to play the Panthers, Griffo, I mean, you know these players better than anyone. If you're going to play them any week, this is the week to play them when they have all of these players rested. But, Jesus, I said, I look at this Panthers side, I look at the guys coming in. They've come in and done the job before. I'd be wary of just tipping the Tigers because all the Panthers players are out. There's a lot of lot of quality coming into this side to cover that origin, um, those origin losses. Yeah, um, I went through in my head yesterday what the team would be, and there's only one difference. I, I didn't think Charlie Staines was going to be. I thought he was injured, but I would have um, 
I would have thought Sonia Taruva might have made his debut in this game. Um, the young Fijian fullback um, who impressed. He, he is number 18. Yeah. You know, yeah. That be a he was 18, 18th man in the last game. He might have been 18th man previously as well, but um, he, he re-signed with the Panthers. The, the, the Dolphins were after him. Um, I thought this might have been his opportunity uh, right, I know Charlie Staines has played a lot of first grade so I can understand it I just thought he may have been injured um, the Tigers should win the game um, there's still a lot of good players in this Penrith side don't get me wrong um, they beat the Bulldogs without the origin players but there's one major difference, that being Apisai Corisal played in that game against the Bulldogs because he was in the extended squad, uh, didn't play in game one. That's a massive difference. Mitch Kenny uh, is the you know sort of the ultimate clubman. Um, he's a uh, you know hundred percent effort, all of that sort of stuff. But he's not skilled uh, in a, anywhere near uh, the like of, of Apostar Corisal. Um, so they're not going to have that level of craft out of dummy half. Um, but again, they would have prepared. Uh, most of these guys didn't play in the uh, reserve grade competition last week, they rested them as they did previously. And they come up chumps when they played in the NRL. I'm going to tip Penrith. I'm not confident. Uh, I think the Tigers, sorry, mate. Yeah. Um, the Tigers with Duwehi in at six are a better proposition. Uh, Jackson Hastings at 13, Luke Brooks. So there's plenty of skill in the six, seven, eight. And I think that could worry Penrith a little. Um, James Roberts returns. Toa is a good player. Nofaluma's good ball in hand. Dane Laurie's good. There's a lot of point scoring potential in the Tigers' side. Um, the young guys that, that came in last week, uh, Matamua, uh, who got, uh, got sin bin early on, but he looked likely young lad. Uh, Fanua Pole, uh, I think that's how, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Uh, he's listed at 14. He was good. Uh, it's actually not a bad Tigers side. And uh, they're playing at home. At, well, come back. Sort one of, of their homes. <laughs> they got as many home grounds well, as captains. They got a lot of home grounds. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, that's true. Uh, maybe they've got a designated captain at each home ground. Maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Penrith are going to do it tough here. Um, they went yeah. down last year to the Tigers um, without their origin players. They're much better prepared this year than they were last year. Um, we saw that in the Bulldogs game. I just uh, – I'm, I'm going to tip Penrith, but mm. – it's not going to surprise me at all if the Tigers were to take the two points here. 
Um, I thought the there were patches last week where they were quite good against Para, um, but sustaining it for 80 minutes was a bit of an issue for them. Um, if the Tigers can dominate possession, as I mentioned, there's a lot of try-scoring potential in that back line. Um, guys who don't always come up trumps, um, but if they can put it together, they, they should win. They should win. Um, but I, I, I still think Penrith, with that preparation, which is the key difference to last year, they, they weren't as well prepared for life without origin stars as they are at the moment. If upside Corey Sal was nine, I'd be confident Penrith win. Mm. Um, I'm going to tip him, but I'm not confident. Um, yeah, I just don't think they've got the point scoring potential that, that what we would normally see, obviously, when you've got seven players out. But, um, yeah, that skill out of Dummy Huff. Sonny Luke, he'll bring that when he comes on. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's got to be a big game. Billy Kikau virtually has to be man of the match uh, for him. But they still do have the likes of Tago, Taylor May, Dylan Edwards. Um, so you know, Fisher Harris and Leota are there. So uh, yeah, interesting. I'm yeah. going to tip Penrith, but I'm not confident. <clears throat> I'm tipping Penrith as well, um, and I, I think because. We've seen these players come in where they've had to, and they've done a great job. That's that's what I said before. Even um, you know, in the in the halves, I know obviously, you know, it's a it's a big out. If they were playing anyone other than the Tigers, okay, maybe I'd probably think otherwise. But um, all these players have come in. They've done a wonderful job, and I think having the opportunity for these players to come in has really. Uh, develop their confidence and their ability as first grade players, you know, to, to fill in when they need to. And I think the other key we've talked about previously is it's not always say with Penrith, like it might be with another club where if they have an injury, they've got to throw a bloke in who's 19 making their debut and may not have been ready to go. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of experience in this side still. There's a lot of experience. You look at all the players coming in. We mention it all the time. Even, yep. you know, with your O'Sullivan, your Eisenhuth. These players have a lot Chris of... Smith. Chris yeah. Smith. They've played a lot of football, even down to the bench where you see, you know, Jamin Salmon. I even looked at the reserves and I look at some of the players like Christian Crichton. You've still got Jermaine Hopgood. There are players on this reserves side that, you know, could get runs at other clubs that can't make yep. the Penrith side with... With, you know, seven blokes out for origin. Uh, I'd love to see Taruva get his, you know, get a start. Um, in a game like this, it'd be mm. great. Yeah, and it'd be, it'd be, it'd be good to, to see him get a, get a crack before the end of the year. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of Penrith fans, would it be fair to say, could be calling for, for him to get a run just so there is a bit of a battle with Charlie Stain should there be a, a, a spot open up due to injury. Yeah, um, it's not so clear cut with stains coming in, but um, the other interesting thing I saw on this one, I, I had the um, the betting odds up on the uh, NRL website. They have where you have the draw, they have the odds for the um, the match, and I was looking at the Tigers, and I wrote down that they were paying three twenty five. Three, that's ridiculous. And I, and I thought, oh, that's got to have changed because I hadn't refreshed it 
since the teams were named. So I went over to the sports bet page and uh, I've just gone over here to get the updated odds. They're now they're now paying three ten. So they basically said that seven players out for Penrith is only going to drop their price by about fifteen cents. Even the bookies are pretty keen on Penrith here. Um, I I think that's not bad value. Not that we condone betting. Um, we often you know, but but I think the only reason we talk about that Griffin I often say it is because it gives you an idea of where the punters, the bookmark, where everyone's heads at. A lot of people are still expecting Penrith, regardless of uh, all these players to be yeah. out to, to get. They're the just looking at the jerseys, Graham. They're looking that's at it. the jerseys. And 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 really, um, credit to Penrith. Anyone that's put on that Penrith jersey this year has uh, has performed. So uh, be wary in your tipping comp with this one. It's not as simple as a lot of players out. Um, brings the Tigers right into it though for me. However, um, I'm still tipping Penrith. <laughs> All right, so um, moving on to the four o'clock, uh, what has become uh, these days is the match of the day on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Melbourne Storm will be at home at Amy Park to the Canberra Raiders. Um, obviously, uh, as we've talked about in depth, Cameron Munster, um, COVID ruled him out of origin. However, uh, he is named for the Storm this week in the number six jersey. So, uh, according to the Storm, uh, he should be available to play, uh, given the um, the dates of the positive testing and whatnot. He'll be, uh, well, yeah, if he, he tested positive Friday or Saturday or whatever, this game being Sunday has helped them. Uh, so, he'll have that uh, time to clear those protocols. That'll mean Nick Meany going back to wing. Uh, Harry Grant uh, looks like he'll back up after playing for Queensland tomorrow night. Felice Kafusi also returned from personal leave in the US, uh, so he'll come into the back row. They'll drop Lewis to the reserves. Brandon Smith uh, being referred straight to the judiciary means that he's not in the side. So um, as we said, they look, they haven't even named him in the side. They're not expecting him to be available to play. Uh, we don't know how long he'll be out for yet. Uh, for the Raiders, the origin implications lie with uh, Josh Papali'i being named. Couldn't imagine him getting massive minutes, so I'd expect him to play. Jack Whiten uh, should be on deck. He's only part of the extended squad, even if he's technically the 18th man um, on uh, Wednesday night. You would imagine he won't play any part in the game, so he should be good to go. Um, Schiller has been named on the bench in place of Nickel Klockstad, and that's pretty much the only change that uh, other change that we can see uh, to the team that it's lost. Right out to favour, isn't he? CK. Mm. Yep. Considering we, we, you look at where he was a year or two ago, um, many were, were were pinning the you know the next big thing uh, badge on. Yeah. Uh, right. He was he was really good. He was really good. And, and they, yeah, he he's obviously. There's an issue there. He's, he's off to the Warriors next year. But, um, gee, I think he's a better player than uh, the guy who's taking his spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it'll be an interesting you know, one to see whether he wants out and whether going to the yeah. Warriors will invigorate yeah. him. Um, who uh, knows? I can, only, I can only think there's some sort of issue. <clears> has um, to be. In terms of, you know, his motivation and, and yeah. whatnot because he's a quality player and... Um, yeah, and anyway, his side is better. He's contracted there. Or... If, if you want 
you, you got to have quality players when you're taking on the storm, though. Yeah. Like, like if you want to have your best team on deck, this is the week to do it. Tough ass going down to Melbourne, especially when they're coming off a loss. They'll be they'll be keen to go. Well, they've had a couple of losses. Um, yeah, they're getting closer to their best team. I think they win here. Um, from what I've heard, Monster was not really symptomatic uh, with the COVID. What I'm well. Um, whereas uh, teammate Murray Tuolongi was was quite ill, um, so Monster comes back when you've got your spine of Ryan Papenels and Cameron Monster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant. Mm-hmm. It's the best there is, and then um, you know you got guys like Felice Capusi coming back into the team. Uh, you got Big Nelson, Jesse Bromwich up front. Uh, I still think their their two to five is not great. Um, Nick Meaney, I like him on the wing as a replacement as opposed to playing number six. I'm not convinced about Iremaya and Seve. Um, I think that's a bit of a weakness, but they're looking uh, on paper better than they did when they got beat. Well, they got pumped actually by the Sharks. And uh, while the scoreboard was close against Manly, um, they weren't in that game. But I'm tipping them here. I, th- I think, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be smart after those defeats. And I think they'll, they'll get the points. Raiders couldn't beat the Dragons last time they played. Um, I thought they would. Uh, they weren't good enough. Tom Eisen, who talked about him earlier. Yeah, he's on the reserves. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see him get a start. Um, He was good for them. He has been. Was it, um, would have been last year where he was? Yeah, last year, the year before. Didn't make the grand final side against the Panthers, but it was in the... He was was, was a regular back row. He was in that forward rotation and playing well. And, um, yeah. But, gee, they've got some... um, they got some blokes back on deck this week, don't they? I yeah. mean, like that spine you said, and, and, and as you said, the deficiency probably is the um, the centres and wingers, um, if there is one in this side. But uh, that spine more than makes up for it when you've got those players. And to be in all fairness, um, you know when 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 Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes, Grant are all there on the field, yep. they have performed. And I yeah. think having that combination there, that's fine. Well, it hasn't been massive. there for a long, long time. Exactly. Yep. Um, and, and in any of those games, they haven't out most of the year. Yep. And then we saw Hughes, Hughes out. out. We saw Monster out. Yep. So this is getting back to a proper Melbourne Storm combination. And therefore, they win this game, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're getting ready for that run home we talked about earlier. Um even with Brandon Smith out, uh, they've still got enough talent to cover there. Um, you know, Harry Grant, as we said, uh, I think they'll be hoping that he gets through this uh, this Origin game because he's uh, instrumental for them. But uh, yeah, Storm to win this one. All right, so given the fact that we don't have a Thursday night game this week, uh, it means that we get another game sort of at the end of the week, I suppose is one way to put yeah. it, with the, the Sunday night fixture at a core stadium. Uh, 
technically we've got the Bulldogs hosting the Rabbitohs. However, um, home game for both teams, really. And uh, even if you're a season ticket holder, there are reciprocal rights. So um, the South fans should be able to get in that one on their season ticket, despite the fact it's a Bulldogs home game. For the Bulldogs, uh, Matt Burton, we talked about him in depth earlier on uh, and his importance for the um, Blues tomorrow night. He's been named to back up from origin, given the fact that the game is on Sunday. Uh, he should have well and truly recovered, barring any injury. So, um, you know, a lot of Bulldogs will have their eyes on Matt Burton because he is such an important part of this team. Uh, Pengai Jr. suffered an ankle injury against the Sharks in round 16, but is good to go. That's what they're telling us. So he'll be there. Uh, Braden Burns returning in the centres for his first game since round six. Uh, very timely for Braden Burns, given the fact he's coming up against his uh, former club. And um, Declan Casey been named in the reserves after re- suffering a concussion against the Sharks. For the Rabbitohs, uh, Alex Johnston... And Mark Nichols have been named after missing last game. Yes, he was out with a head knock. Um, Alex Johnson with a quad injury um, probably wore it out diving for all those tries. Uh, I thought it was interesting last week was Richie Kenner scored a hat trick. Yeah. I, 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 no, no disrespect to Alex Johnson. He has to do a fair bit for those tries, but it's no, uh, no coincidence that the left winger for South Sydney scored a lot of tries on the weekend. Um, so Kenner will drop out of the side. Nick Arima going back to where he was uh, has been named most weeks uh, in recent times on the bench after having the start in lock last week. Um, they've named Cook and Murray to back up, um, which will mean that Havili and uh, Cartwright go back to the bench. It was good to see Cartwright last week. Uh, it went uh, well, Cartwright. Yeah, he's had a lot. He's another bloke that's had a lot of issues with injury, yeah. and um, good to right see. throughout his career, it's been plagued by injury, really. Yeah. Yep, so uh, good yeah. to see him um, at the moment um, yeah, a, a fixture in this South Sydney team and holding his spot on the interchange bench. Uh, the players dropping out are Saluka Fafita, who made his debut last week for South after moving across from the Roosters mid-season, as well as uh, Shakai Mitchell going back to um, the reserves. Uh, last week was, in fact, the first time that he and Latrell had played together. Um, Lachlan Ilias has been named. Um, however, we, we do know last week, I mean, with all those injuries, effectively, you could, you could say that Lachlan Ilias was out for the whole game. He, yeah, he that's not even, yeah, I forgot about the, them. Even yeah. more meritorious, the victory with, you know, losing their halfback virtually right at the start of the game. Credit to the Rabbitohs for last Def- week. Definitely. And also to, um, you know, being named, uh, not part of the New South Wales side, but the Queensland side, Jai Arrow, has been named. So all of a sudden, they've got a few of those players coming back from injury. Um, still, a, still a couple out, but you know, South hitting a bit of form, adding back into that side. Your Arrow, Murray, Nichols, Cook, Johnston, uh, and effectively Lachlan Ilias, who were all missing last week. Um, there's some talent coming back in. Um, and, and they'll be looking, as you said, for this push to try and cement themselves in the top eight and maybe even push for a top four spot. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're on a bit of a roll now. I don't see that changing this week. Um, while the Bulldogs have shown some good form uh, since Mick Potter took over, I just think they're going to struggle uh, to control... South Sydney, um, 
with a lot of stars back now. Um, whether they, you know, decide to rest any of the Origin guys, was wait, we wait to be seen on that one. Um, but uh, and I think if you're going to rest them, maybe you might want to rest one or two against the Bulldogs because they do have some big games coming up. But either way, I think South will get the job done. Um, Latrell Mitchell is playing. Therefore, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are a much stronger side for for his talent, but also for the fact that he lifts the rest of the team, especially Cody Walker. So I think it could be a tough afternoon for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I, I, I um, <laughs> I, I think that you're you're right. I actually think that you know we 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 questioned it when Latrell Mitchell um came back into the side. Both Shana and I were a bit skeptical, and we said, "Look, you know, Latrell Mitchell coming back into the side is great. It sparks the attack, creates something out of nothing." But the issues for South Sydney were really fundamental. They were dropping the ball. They weren't completing well. And I think I said, I said, oh, you know, is Latrell Mitchell going to magically come back and make everyone else hold on to the ball? He has. There's something yeah. about his presence that has filled the rest of the um, the team with confidence. So I was talking yeah. to, you know, one of our listeners the other day, um, you know, Michael down in Melbourne. He was... He was talking about South Sydney. I said, Latrell Mitchell, it was, it's almost like when you're a kid and you've got that really good player on your your team and, um, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I'll give, it the, give the ball to him. And, and when he plays, you go, yeah, we're going to win because he's playing this week. Yeah. It's a very simple mentality. But that's what I'm seeing. He instills confidence. He does instill confidence. And that's where, you know, you see last week, South Sydney, the things they couldn't do in games previously, like hold the ball, came good last week and all of a sudden they're completing at 86%. You know, that, that, there was a run of games there where South Sydney were completing it. They got the worst completion rate in the league. They were at below 60 for weeks and they lost all those games. I think the confidence he brings in not only in that regard, but just the... Uh, Cody Walker's a different player when he's got Latrell Mitchell there. That yeah. left edge just, just flows. It looks... Um, it looks dangerous. And even last week, without Alex Johnston on the end of it, and even you know Isaiah Tass, who's a, um, a, a fairly inexperienced rugby league player who's uh, come in and done some great things, he was uh, really strengthening that left edge too. So it all starts around the middle. You'll have Murray squaring up those plays. Um, Totola did a good job doing it last week in Murray's absence. But with the players back on deck, South Sydney on a roll, you'd expect them to win this one. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll just about do us this week. I we think. got through it all. We got through it. We've got um, really the origin. Origin's a big thing tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know we've covered it, but just just really, um, it's the pinnacle of the game. We we talked about this previously. The grand final is probably the biggest game of the year, but some could argue that a Origin 3 decider uh, would be up there and could very well be the second biggest game of the year. Yeah. Uh, plenty to look forward to tomorrow. Look, it's it's the game that perhaps even people who are not, you know, rugby league followers are likely to switch on to. Yep. Um, it's an event. It's an event. Um, and... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get quite excited about it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just hope we win. Because uh, they're not. It's not a hope. It's an expectation, really. Um, I expect we win, and it's more shattering when you expect to win and lose. I gotta yeah, say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We feel like it's, and, and I'm a bit the same. It feels like at the moment it's, uh, it's ours to lose. But uh, I look forward to that tomorrow night. I look forward to this weekend of footy, and I look forward to having all the listeners on board with us again next week. Goodbye. Enjoy tomorrow night. Enjoy the weekend. Talk next week, listeners. Have a good week. Go the Blues. Matt King was never the same. Roy Mullins. Roy Mullins.